and welcome to the MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by Jeff Markia, father. Hey. Kyle Hilliard. Hello. And the one, the only, Ana Diaz. Hello, everybody. Welcome, Ana. Welcome. Uh, thank you all for joining us on this big episode of the MinMax Show podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. For your convenience, you should know that there is an audio version of this. You can subscribe to it on your favorite podcast app, and it's free. It's free everywhere. Also, if you're listening to this, thank you for listening to this. You should know you can watch the video version if you prefer that. And the beauty is, it's free. It's free everywhere. That's MinMax Show on YouTube. You find the version that works best for you. Okay, top of the show. Well, we should run down what we're doing in this show first. Here's what we're doing. Uh, we are talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Then we're talking about the next-gen launches. Crazy, crazy huge week for gaming. Huge week, talking about the PlayStation 5 and really diving into the Xbox Series X. We have some reviews from the community that we'll be reading off as well as sharing our own impressions there. Talking about bug snacks, of course, some other odds and ends. Then back half of the show, we have a couple of guests joining us. It's Zachary Pliggy and Tom to join us for community questions. You might say, I don't know those names, or do I? Uh, these lovely people uh, won a slot on the show and a spot on the show because they supported us during our big charity drive this weekend, Extra Life, in a huge way. So we streamed on Saturday for 25 hours straight to raise money for Gillette Children's Specialty Healthcare in St. Paul, Minnesota, a children's hospital. Um, and thanks to this community, we raised over $53,000. Incredible, incredible work, community. Yeah, we teamed up uh, with our old friends at Game Informers who were streaming on everybody's uh, YouTubes and Twitches. It was all over the place, and it was really fun to join forces with that old crew and to reunite and kind of tear down any walls between us. And Anna, how how were your segments? I wasn't on for kind of like that Among Us evening area, but how did that go for you? Um, the Among Us segment was very fun, uh, mainly because we extended it, or that like uh, Alex extended it to two hours. Oh yeah. Um, so because like every game took about a half an hour to set up without fail, it seemed, and so mm -hmm. uh, we were really able to dive into the gameplay, and it was fun because I think it was you know Game Informer folks, and then I represented MinMax, and then some friends of Game Informer. Yeah. And it was some um, good old. And then you murdered them all, right? Yeah. I actually, I was so nervous because I got imposter the second round, but I won and I, <laughs> I was like, okay. Perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess I should probably address. Yeah. Uh, also, thanks to donors. Um, I now no longer have a head of hair. I shaved my head because somebody donated $2,000 to have me shave the exclamation point from Metal Gear Solid into the back of my head, like Jonathan from Metal Gear Solid 4, everybody's character. So I think we have pictures up on our Instagram, which and is... And it's still, it's still back there, right? That's right. It, I, I will never show you the back of my head, but I promise I'm leaving it there uh, throughout the entire winter. Uh, but it's a hell of a time. So thanks again to everybody that supported us and uh, the Children's Hospital during that stream. That was a lot of fun. And, you know, we're worried about doing it remotely and like, oh, we'll have the same energy. Will people even show up? And people seemed like they had a great time. And it was really fun to reunite with Game Informer there. Um, also, last bit of table setting here. We should let you know that we have the deepest dive on Spider-Man Miles Morales launching Next week, this is going to be the best, most thorough discussion about Spider-Man Miles Morales on the internet. It is a huge community game club. We're breaking the game up into two chunks. So the first chunk, we are talking all about the first half of that game, and that is airing 
next Wednesday. So what day is that exactly? That's the 18th is when that's going to be airing. And we'll be looking for your feedback on Patreon on November 16th. So if you support us at any tier, you can leave us your thoughts on the first half of the game and then we'll read it during our huge Community Game Club discussion. Let's get specific. Let's really dive into the minutia. There's going to be a lot to talk about with that game. And instead of just people saying, that's good, Miles is cool. Let's really dive into this sucker with, I'd argue, the deepest dive. So it's going to be Anna and Kyle and myself... And then a very special guest um, who's locked in, but maybe we should leave it as a reveal, a big surprise for when it actually happens. But it's, uh, I tweeted out like, hey, who should we have on for the deepest dive of Spider-Man Miles Morales? And uh, it was the most popular answer. Uh, So I'm very excited to record a long form podcast slash discussion with this fella. I think he's my nemesis. Is that a yep. good hint? That's correct. You got it. So okay. again, you can join us if you support us on Patreon at any tier and leave a comment for us to read on that show. Uh, we're going to be covering the PlayStation 4 version, PlayStation 5 version, all that stuff. So we're covering the first half of the game for the first discussion next week. You should stop when you destroy the new form reactor. When you destroy the new form reactor, that is the stopping point for the main campaign. Obviously, you can go back and do side stuff if you want, but that's the stopping point for the first half of the deepest dive. Um, Anna, you had a tweet the other day. I mean, it was the tweet to end all tweets. No, I just noticed you, you tweeted something along the lines of like, how in the world am I going to play all these games? I'm getting yeah. to the panic zone. Uh, how you feeling? Where are you at? I'm still behind. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's bad. Um, very in- excited and enthusiastic for all these games, but even 10 minutes before recording i sat down and i was looking at some lists and i was like oh dang i haven't played orion the will of wisps and that seems like a game that i'd really 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 enjoy and that i that would definitely you know i have a feeling it would be on my goatee list so i was like huh another thing to uh, i know pop into it, it, it is definitely it's that season where it's like you gotta you gotta let it go we can go back i'm sure we're gonna have some bonus streams maybe we can go back and look at some games that we might have missed but still in the back of my mind i'm like i think i'm gonna finish journey to the savage planet at some point it's like at some point that game came out in january just let it go you have to it's triage in here just to try and keep up because i still feel like screaming about how good yakuza like a dragon is and it's like mm-hmm. oh please that came out on tuesday that's yesterday's <laughs> news we talked about that on last week's podcast that's just it's already ancient history like this industry is moving so fast at this point that anything before this window is going to be really tough to go back to like i love spirit well, fair so much and i haven't finished it and it's killing me yeah but it, it's good that all the games that are coming out now are really short bite-sized games <laughs> oh my that God. you can finish. Honestly, that's why I'm thankful for Miles Morales, you know, that people say it's between like six and 10 hours. And so that seems great, but we are in a very fortunate position where we have well, a lot of Well, if I've learned anything, it's never too, like from Jeffum specifically, it's never too late to go back and finish a game, specifically that's Red Dead right. Redemption. <laughs> right, you're right. You're really an inspiration for us all, Jeff, from the way you're just plowing through that game. Finally getting back to it on top of being a fresh father. That's really stunning, man. It's still on the list. <laughs> uh, Kyle, how's your schedule going? Are you finding time to actually play these games? Uh, yeah, I am surprisingly. I don't know how necessarily. I think maybe it's because I just like, uh, like Assassin's Creed has options to turn off gore and blood. Yeah. So that that helps me play it more because <laughs> you can play in front of your kid. <laughs> but I bet, yeah, I'm surprised how much time I've been able to put into uh, Bug Snacks and Assassin's Creed and stuff like that. So really, I'm finished Hades. So really, making good progress. 
God, yeah. now I'm jealous, man. Because uh, I'm going to that point. Finish Journey to the Savage Planet, too, just to thrust really? that knife into your chest. God, yeah. that stings. Uh, but did you finish Pumpkin Jack? I didn't. <laughs> I started it, though. That's something. All right. Played the first 20 minutes. <laughs> Not bad, right? That's, that's pretty cool. All right, there we go. Um, yeah, I, I really... You know, it's tough to being the only person that's full time at MinMax of trying to figure out like, yeah, when is it worth it to just have a full day of just playing these games? You know, should I be focusing on making standalone videos or is it actually better for MinMax's time overall and supporting the community to just focus down? Like today is eight hours of Assassin's Creed Valhalla because the two tens, the game of the year discussions for MinMax is coming up soon. So it's going to be intense. Um, Yeah, I started like uh, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. Hmm which came out on Tuesday and I, I like it so far. It's the voices and characters. They're a little bit much at times. It kind of, what is Sarah Silverman's character's name from Wreck-It Ralph, Kyle? Uh, Penelope Von Schweetz. There we go. The main character President. sounds a, a lot like Vanel. her. That's Von right. Um, but I started that and uh, it's interesting to have like another game where it's about, okay, going back and going on these action missions, then going and building up your farm and cultivating your base. It feels similar to an Assassin's Creed Valhalla in some strange ways, but uh, I hope to play more of that. And uh, Fuser, we should mention, also came out uh, on Tuesday. This is the new Harmonix game that's kind of the spiritual technological successor to Drop Mix, where you're remixing songs. Um, Leo bought it, and we recorded a bonus Great Goatee Hunt, um, but then all of today, Leo has been playing it, and he is in love. He thinks it's the coolest thing you can like create your own instruments and at first he was like 60 bucks for this game i don't know and last i heard he is head over heels in love with fusers so hopefully in that next week's podcast we can talk about that should we get to the biggie let's do it assassin's do creed biggie. valhalla um kyle you've played the most give us yeah. the rundown baby how are you feeling about it I mean, it's, I mean, the quick reaction is that it's good. Like I, I, I like it. It's uh, I have a weird relation. Maybe it's not weird. I haven't like a, my relationship with Assassin's Creed is like played one, loved two, adored brotherhood, played revolutions. Three was kind of one of those games I beat. And I was like, how did I enjoy that? I don't know. And mm-hmm. then like from there totally fell off. Like every other game, it's been just dabbling, just maybe playing an hour here or there, you know, but uh, Valhalla, like I, 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 and totally engaged with and see myself finishing. And like, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it feels a lot like classic Assassin's Creed. And I say that as someone who hasn't played a lot of origins and odyssey, like I've played a couple hours of each. Yeah. But like this is remind, I'm like having a lot of flashbacks to like old Assassin's Creed memories and stuff like that. That's weird. And then the other, the other weird line that I've found myself drawing is actually fable. Um, something about, I think about? it's, I think it's a combination of the setting yeah. and the surprisingly goofy tone when it comes to like extracurricular missions and stuff like that. Like I found this guy who was like complaining about, uh, rats. I, I can't deal with the rats in my yeah. farm. And there was this crazy, like, you know, the sort of stereotypical crazy cat lady up the street who I, she like. I tried to convince her like, yeah, hey, we need to, we need to take care of these rats. And she gave me a key to her house and I opened the door and there are like eight cats in there. And then like, and she had this like weird over the top sort of nasally British accent, which just really <laughs> reminded me of fable. And then I went back to the guy and it just, I don't know. It felt like a fable mission. And there's so many missions like that everywhere that are just kind of strange and funny. There's and that, a little goofy. Yeah. There's that ah. one pretty early on where I don't know if you found like, 
the husband and wife and they're like, you have to help us with our sex life. Pretend like we're raiding right now and destroy everything in our house so that we can make love to each other. It's like, what the hell is yeah. this game at this point? Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of original stuff like that. Like, I found yeah. a guy with an axe in his head that was just like, didn't know he had an axe in his head. And he's like, I've got, I've got a little scratch on my head. Can you help me out? And like, you had your options of where you're like, you could tell him he had an axe in his head, or you could just be like, ah, oh, it's just a little scratch. It'll heal That's on its funny. own. And then you can either pull the axe out of his head or leave him alone. And like, and it's, and it's pretty natural how you're coming across those things. Like they are marked on your map, but there are still a lot of occasions where I'm just sort of like stumbling upon these things and getting a nice little quick, just bit of story. Well, it pops up as like, yeah, world story seems to be where those yeah. are labeled. But okay, just zooming out, I'm totally with you where I've, whew, I've finished 100% or like not 100%, but finished the story. I think Assassin's Creed 3 is the only one I've finished. And I bet mm. I've started 80% of them. Like I, I dabble in Assassin's Creed almost every year. I expect bouncing off every single time. And even the start of this one, it's like, well, I love the setting. I love Norse mythology. I should be on board. Even in the beginning, I was like, ah, I don't know. I'm looking forward. I'm going to put this down in a couple hours. And then at this point, I am. Origins and Odyssey start off with like Greek sculptures and and Egyptian like pyramids and stuff where this one is kind of like, I'm in a snowy mountain. feel like I'm playing Death Stranding a little bit here, you know, just like sort of traipsing through the snow up a hill. Yeah, know? but still, I like the culture. I like learning about the Vikings and stuff. But yeah, it is. a. I have fully been consumed at this point. I realize like I am so excited to keep playing this. And I don't know if I've ever really felt that about an Assassin's Creed before. I, I love the settings. I love everything uh, that's going on here. But uh, Anna, what do you think so far? Yeah, I mean, another game like comparison to throw in the mix here is Skyrim. I've been like, it's been bringing up a lot of the similar yeah. things to Skyrim. And it's actually one thing that's sort of confused me about the game a little bit is like, how much is this like just an assassination game? And then how much is this like a full blown RPG? Um, because, you know, there's like the charisma trait, but then right. sort of there's just that. Um, but as someone who's like coming from, you know, Skyrim, Breath of the Wild, this is my first Assassin's Creed game. It's been like really fun and enjoyable and it's nice to move or like through the environment so quickly and seamlessly. Um, I would, you know, like I was pretty clumsy as Link at times because you have all these limitations on you, but then with this, you're just kind of like gliding along and I'm imagining that's really, you know, emblematic of the sort of assassin type you know, game where you're like running across roofs. And- <laughs> right. It seems to be the go-to thing. And at first it was like, well, that's going to be a weird fit to have like the Assassin's Creed parkour with a Viking. And it, it is a little bit odd at times, like just that idea of, okay, they teach you, you got to wear the hood to mix in. It's like, you're going to blend into the crown by wearing a hood, which nobody else is wearing. Like, sure. I guess we'll go along with it. Covered in tattoos. Yeah. We'll, we'll teach you how to do the leap of faith, whatever, go along with it. And then it's funny. Cause your assassination weapon isn't like a Viking's weapon. It comes from some other place, I guess. <laughs> right. It's yeah. the classic blade, which uh, Eivor refuses to wear the normal way and puts it on top because it's super cool. But I do like that <laughs> they have two people that uh, are, you know, from the hidden ones, basically teaching you the art of the brotherhood and all that stuff. And they're just kind of weirdos. Like they stand out so much where everybody else in your group is just all about drinking and killing and raiding and then there's just like two people that are vaguely middle eastern i guess they're trying to be like oh we're we belong to a greater order and it's like yeah yeah all right whatever guys like yeah, you dorks in the corner your boss that this is a really good investment and cigarette is like 
yeah, no, these guys know what they, they really, they know what they're talking about. And it's like, all right, well, I like Sigurd, so. Yes, I guess <laughs> they can hang boy, out. I guess. Yeah. I don't know, Jeff, what do you think about the tone so far? Do you think it's just a great game or does it feel enough like an Assassin's Creed game and all that stuff? Yeah, the, I mean, the tone's good. It, I guess the first real impression that I had was, was that Ubisoft really doesn't get enough credit for putting out such ridiculously massive and mostly polished giant open world games as often as they do. And, yeah. and I think everyone, the criticism ha, has, you know, continually fallen into that camp of like, well, it's an, a Ubisoft open world game. We know the formula of it. And I've criticized their games for that too. But it's, but there's, there's still such compelling worlds and such the amount of detail and depth in those worlds and the fact that you can play them for like a hundred hours yeah. is just such a feat. And and the fact that they are as consistent as they are. I'm kind of in the camp of you guys where I I inevitably fall off most of them after they come out. But you know, like when you when you see some a game, one of these games click like it does with Leo, where he, you know, he played Odyssey forever. Yeah. It's like it it is just such an impressive feat. And like and the you know, the I'm the storytelling is also, you know, it's it's not like the top-notch God of War, Last of Us kind of, you know, upper echelon, but it's but they're, you know, they're doing it and they're doing a good job of of everything so far that I've I've played. Like it's it, they've always they've always been more impressive than I think they get credit for. Yeah, I agree. Where it's like, ah, oh, the open worlds, I think I got it. But especially just dabbling in the last couple of Assassin's Creed, it is amazing just coming to this game and realizing, oh, it's just a giant open world Viking RPG. Like more than anything, it even reminds me tonally a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn. And maybe it's just yeah. the the look and the feel of the characters and the way the characters and the talk. fact that has like the same haircut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the fact that What's, it's one to one exactly the same between Avar and yes. Aloy. But that was funny actually. Like in the beginning, it has that weird thing where it's like, hey, do you want to be a male? Avor, female Avor, or let the animus decide. And I was like, oh, I'm curious how they handle this. I'll let the animus decide. And I've just been a lady the entire time. It, where's everybody else at with that? I went I, full I, female. Yeah. I, I chose let the animus decide too, and I went online to see what's going on with that, and they said that there's there was a spoiler that goes along with it, but there's a cool twist apparently coming, so oh. I stopped reading at that point. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought of like, is this just a really crafty way for... Ubisoft to get more people to play as women in their games is just say, let the animus decide and it just locks you in as a woman the <laughs> entire the coin. time. This yeah. is oh, how it was intended to be experienced <laughs> by the developers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the music, I think, is awesome. I I mean, you got so much to work with just tonally and the vibe. You know, God of War soundtrack is incredible, but I've, that, I've really been blown away by how great the music has been throughout this and thing. And it's tough not to make God of War comparisons playing through this game too, but mm-hmm. it cracked me up that both God of War and this, those boats haul ass. Like you put the sail up on that boat, it's like just a jet ski at that point. It's so <laughs> absurdly fast. It's nice. It is very handy. Uh, so Kyle, like playing as much as you have, like 20 hours in or so, uh, what's what's evolving with the game? What are you appreciating more as it goes on? Um, Story on a small scale, actually, because like, larger Assassin's Creed story like it just totally goes over my head like I don't really especially having been so removed as I am now yeah like I, I kind of don't really know what's going on in the modern world Kotaku has a really good roundup 
I, I forgot the author's name, but they, they, they specifically honed in on like a really short t- version of like, this is what's happening in the modern era. So now I actually understand who those characters are, which is nice. But like the thing that's sticking out to me is having those little, like those little effective stories, those smaller stories. Like yeah. there's one sort of big thread now where there's like, I'm working with this clan leader woman and there's, she has three people that are really close to her. Right. I'm doing that one and, now. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and you have to figure out who has betrayed her. And it's like this, you have to talk to people, you have to like talk to them, you have to go out and seek evidence. Like it's way more narrative focused uh, in that small scope, there, like in that small story than I was expecting. And I'm actually getting engaged and enjoying it because it's like chopped into pieces. If it was like one, you know, more focused on the larger story, I think I would lose interest. But because I'm getting these little pockets of like a cool moment, I'm like I, I did the whole, uh, there's a whole thread about Grendel you know, and stuff like that, oh, which awesome. I really like, um, which is like, so that's, that's the kind of stuff that's surprising me. That's keeping me going. Yeah. Sure. And I like those smaller stories or smaller storylines. And the fact that you get to choose where you're going, even pretty early on, it's like, all right, which one do you want to tackle first? You want to go to learn Soma's story or go with your brother to this story, or you can try going to London, but you're going to get your ass kicked. Like it's cool how open it is pretty early on here instead of just, you know, beating a drum saying, care about the larger Assassin's Creed storyline, which at that point, I'm just a little bit lost. But the modern day stuff is interesting uh, as Layla. And I need to read that refresher because there's things like, wait, why is this? Yeah, it was helpful. Why is the staff hurting her? It's also in the modern day stuff, which I think is really interesting. And maybe the first instance in a, in a big triple A game, COVID is referenced directly. Is it really? Documents you're reading. So in that world, they are going through COVID. Um, That's really like, interesting. That's finally yeah. working its way into games. And they can just Completely change it Completely unrelatable. <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre. Uh, what do you think about the little... Be, I mean, it's one of those things that I think it just works because like the idea is though, those, that little group is off isolated somewhere. Like they found Eivor's skeleton. Yeah. So like, it, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they had to pivot a little bit. They didn't finish writing the story within the last six or seven months, but like you know, to have an email that mentions like COVID, I think is really interesting. Yeah. Kyle, why do you kind of sound like you're whispering? What's going on over there? I'm trying to be a little quiet. Your tone is weird. Yeah. It's freaking me out, man. Sorry. It's it's the ASMR version of. Oh, (laughs) that's perfect. Um, I am a sucker for the Viking culture, for Norse mythology, and specifically like my favorite part of the game so far is when you first get to England, because you start in Norway, and then after kind of like an intro, uh, you move on to England. But it moves pretty quick. I was expecting kind of like the Assassin's Creed 3 extended intro, but it's like, hey, if you want to get out of there, you can get out of there pretty quick. Um, But it's when you first go to England, and the the Vikings are trying to understand this different culture, and they see a monastery, and it's like, what is going on? Like, well, you know, Christians like, yeah, I don't understand the cross and they worship the thing that killed their God. Like, how does this make sense? Like that type of like culture clash is the best. And I feel like that's a really fun recipe going throughout this entire game is that you are, you know, with the Norse, but then you're in a strange land and just seeing those cultures interact. And then obviously the larger Assassin's Creed nonsense of more characters, more cultures all interacting in there too. I think it's just been a blast so far. Uh, Especially like, it just feels like you are the party group that is just ready to raid everything. Like, and you're just ready to beat up these Saxon nerds who want to protect their monasteries. <laughs> like, well, that's where all the wealth is. Yeah. Uh, I, I also like, 
I also like that they, you know, they always have the different mini games, which the flighting one is just absolutely bizarre that you're just making fun of people. It's just like rap battles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then but then they have the dice game, <laughs> which is just like, hey, let's just let's just design a modern kind of dice game and throw it into this. Like there weren't any Vikings sitting around being like, okay, well, okay, if if you roll these axes, then those those can be blocked by these shields, but then you have these special powers that are one off things that de- change on it depending on which game you're playing. It's like, come on, man. They, am- they were punching each other in the <laughs> face for entertainment. Wait, am I nitty? I assume that was real. That can't possibly be real. I bet it's based mm-hmm. on something. No, they were playing like it. Those games were always it was always like knots and crosses and crap that that isn't fun anymore. Okay, so this it's is, called Orlog. Is Orlog real? They do do their research over there at Ubisoft. There, there isn't a game, but Orlog is a Norse concept. Oh, well, that's confusing. Of Yahtzee, like a viking themed yahtzee kind of battling game i don't know it's confusing it's not okay maybe the name <laughs> is taken from something it's weird but yeah. glad people seem to be enjoying speaking that speaking of mini games did any of you win your first drinking competition because yeah i got destroyed <laughs> oh, really? really it's just like a little timed a thing I don't know. I just, um, you know, it really threw me off the first time I had to do the L thing. And <laughs> it's yeah, me to thing. <laughs> yeah, it's nice that it's not full. It doesn't. I was worried about that. Cause I'm like, oh, now the next 30 minutes, I'm just going to be completely annihilated and have a blurry screen. But it's pretty soft on that. Like it, it phases it phases out pretty quickly. Um, what's uh, what's everybody playing on? Jeff, I'm in honor. You guys PS4? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kyle, I'm curious about your journey, but I started this game on the Xbox One X, and then in my last play session, I got the Series X. Did you start on Series X, or where are you at with this? Yeah, so I played on One X for about, like, 15 hours. Oh, perfect. Okay. And then I moved over to Series X, uh, and my save transferred without... I had to, like, restart, like, once to get it over, but... Oh, really? For the most part, it came over without issue. And, like... I as as excited as I was for Series X, I kind of had low expectations. I'm like, this is going to just be a really good like backwards compatibility machine that will let me play all my Xbox games and and all that stuff. But like instantly, I was like, oh, this is a big improvement. I was like really surprised, and I think it was the frame rate was the main thing for me. Like it was, it's so much smoother, and I was like, yeah. it really like it surprised me. I did not expect, and it's like almost to the point where I'm like, if you have the chance to like play a game cross-generation like if you're playing watchdogs or something like do the comparison side by side because i think it will it will impress you like it's, it was it was better than i expected it to be yeah i'm really looking forward to we can talk about this later i guess but now i realize i need to get a 4k tv and now i want to have my xbox one x running next to the xbox series x and have those tvs next to each other as well my 1080 and my 40s the full comparison because i had an experience too of jumping up it's like okay locking this sucker at 60 is a big shift. But I was shocked at how rough it was playing on Xbox One X. Like, it felt like I was playing a PC game with just, you know, BS settings. Like, I just kept being so frustrated by constant screen tearing. Am I alone? Is this on the PS4 version? Do you, have you guys noticed this? Mm-mm. Uh, I mean, I was playing in 4K. You'd think that would make more screen tearing, but I didn't run into that too much. Wait, on the on Xbox the One X? Really? Yeah. 
Jesus. Yeah. yeah. It was every cutscene was just a mess for me. It was driving me insane. And it's just, you know, it's easy to look past, I guess. It's like a little bit of screen tearing, but it's one of those things where every time I would pay attention to technically what was happening on the screen, especially during cutscenes, like I couldn't go more than a minute without just something obnoxious happening. Uh, hmm. Man, okay. Yeah, I guess I I'm didn't have that much trouble. I don't know. I, I mean, weird. It's it was, like I said, huge improvement moving to Series X, like more than expected. But like you know, taking a step backwards, it was like it was just fine on One X, not too bad. You know? Weird, yeah. Because I was definitely to the point of like the idea of hey, it looks great on the Series X. Upgrade to the Series X. That's well and good, but I mean, it seems like that is just a level that a game should be running at. So the fact that it's going to be kind of this broken screen tearing up to Wahoo version on last gen, which is now last gen. Uh, and then it's like, okay, to play the game, actually like a game should look, let's go for this one. But I'm sure they're going to be patching it. So I'm sure it's going to be fixed, but PS4, it looks okay. Really? Wow. I'm surprised. Uh, but like textures and stuff, I think are pretty close throughout both versions. Uh, you know, the main character's face and other faces definitely look a lot better in series X, but it's mainly, I'm with you, the frame yeah. rate that really pops. I mean, in 4k, I mean, it's that thing of like, you can see the pores in Avor's face, like right. when the camera's up on her in 4K and stuff like that, and like, you know, and that makes the game better. <laughs> yeah, they're really excellent pores. There's no doubt about it. Um, God, uh, so Joe Juba over at Game Informer, he reviewed the game. He liked it a lot as well. Uh, he said that he wasn't going for a completionist run, and still he clocked in about 70 hours with this thing. Ooh. I was Which, hearing about 50. Now I'm kind of. Maybe he was maybe he was being a little bit more thorough than most, but yeah, maybe. it's like I, as much as I really really like this game, I saw that and got scared about like if if I finish this and Yakuza, this is basically <laughs> me going into the game of the year debates. Like I need to choose what I can squeeze into this loadout at this point because it's going to be tight. Um, not to get too uh, bogged down in this stuff either, but I, I thought it was interesting that the creative director not listed in the credits for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. This is Ashraf Ismail, who uh, was fired from Ubisoft after investigation, um, you know, a couple months ago. Things came up, and I believe his story was that he was, you know, cruising around on Twitter, cheating on his wife. It seemed to be the ballpark arena of what was going on with him. Um, he got the axe from Ubisoft. And I would love to know the inside story of how they finished off this game without the creative director at the very end. But I think it's a bold move, probably the correct move, just yeah. to not have him in the credits at all. But I was right when I got the game, I immediately jumped to credits because oh, I want to see if they have Ashraf in there. I mean, he's what now seven or eight months or six, even less, maybe since when that happened. Like having, a, yeah, yeah, and the game has been ago? in development for what, like three years at that point yeah. or something, maybe yeah. less. Like, I mean, I don't. It's we can't speak to you know the situation, but like. At that point, it's probably pretty close to the end, you know, like yeah. months of development left. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's such a complicated situation. Yeah, that's a wild one. Kyle, are you finishing this thing? I think so. I mean, we'll see. Like next Spider-Man's coming out. Demon. I mean, it's like the queue is insane. Like Anna was talking about with her with her notorious tweet. Oh, that tweet. But uh, I mean, I want to. And it's like it is my Series X showcase game right now. It's like the thing yeah. that I play of like the, i'm playing next gen you know what i mean so i i think i'll finish it but it, it will definitely be put on pause maybe as early as the day you're listening to this podcast we'll see <laughs> i know it's funny uh i got a ps5 uh sony sent us a ps5 thank you to sony for supplying playstation 5 uh the min max playstation 5 um and so i got that and set that up today 
And I was thinking about like, why in my heart of hearts am I so much more excited about the Series X right now? And I think a gigantic part of that is just, I'm so excited about playing more Valhalla compared to like, yeah, I'm looking forward to Miles Morales, the deepest dive. I want to go through uh, a lot of games on PlayStation 5, but at the same time, my heart is pulling me towards the Series X and Valhalla here. But uh, we should talk about next gen a little bit. Um, I sent up another Twitter poll just asking where folks are at for the MinMax community at MinMax Show on Twitter, um, asking what they were going to buy. Uh, 29.5% of people said not buying anything right now for next gen. Uh, Xbox Series X, 16%. Series S, 2.5%. Which is surprisingly low, but it's a hardcore community. I get it. And then PlayStation yeah, 5... But for our audience, it's not too surprising. I yeah. guess so, yeah. But PlayStation 5 then was 52%. Um, and you can only have four options, so I didn't have both in there. So I understand that was mm. confusing and people weren't able to choose it. But uh, Kyle, you got your Series X? I do, yes. What do you think of it? It's out there. I, I mean, I like it. We've been talking about it with Assassin's Creed, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah, but the actual system itself. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess initial reactions is it smaller in person than I thought it would be, huh. um, but still too big for my television cabinet, so I have to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of... I, I'm not the first person to say this. I was reading this from other folks who got it early but it's it it's a little boring like in the sense that like there's no ui upgrade the controller is basically identical it's textured a little bit different the screenshot button is better it works a little bit more like the switch now which is nice and there's a dedicated button but But, like i mean setting it up i mean this is a compliment like it's it's easy if you have the xbox app on your phone like it just brings everything over it updates pretty quickly all your saves come over like the fact that it works so seamlessly is is impressive and it and it's like you know i just queued up a bunch of stuff to download to try out and like overnight and played a bunch today and it all looks good some certain things are more impressive than others some things i can't notice the the upgrade at all you know like i booted up ori and i can't i think you have to be able to run at 120 fps which i don't think my tv can Mm. so that's like not massively different but like it's it just it works really well it's just like a clean transition like it's i don't see i don't it's it's a weird thing impressive but it's kind of mundane you know yeah i'm with you it's like the most notable thing about it is how seamless it is for that upgrade but uh yeah i mean i think i've had a lot of trouble with my xbox one x over the last couple years it's just been chugging and suspiciously slow to the point of like something is deeply wrong with this But the crazy thing is playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Valhalla before the Series X with the UI update for the Xbox One, it was running great. And I thought it was really fast and clean. And I think there's a lot to be said just for the overall OS update in the the UI for Xbox One and now for Series X. So I think a lot of that love that people have for the Series X, it's like, it's also also just for the UI in general for Xbox across the entire brand right now. But I was amazed at how seamless it was too, Kyle. Like just plugged it in, transferred stuff over, picked up my save right away. It was really awesome uh, how, how yeah. quick and easy that was. Um, and also, I mean, I've been dabbling with the, the sort of, you know, back and forth between games. Like I was like, I booted up inside and then booted back up to Assassin's Creed. And it was like eight seconds before I was playing Assassin's Creed again. It's like, 
it's it's great. <laughs> yeah, and also it just reminded me that with the quick resume stuff, it's really a success of marketing on Microsoft's part. The fact that they can call this quick resume, or like, yeah, we get it. And even like when you swap between games, it has like the small text on the screen, or even you know, smart delivery, Game Pass. It's just like they they're very good for locking in these terms that are just like, oh, of course, Series X is great because of quick resume this feature that now it feels like is insane for lacking on the PlayStation 5. Like you crave that feature going forward. But I noticed it was a little bit inconsistent. We actually had somebody write in about it as well. Um, And of course that person is Luke Strain. Says, I got an Xbox Series X and I love it so far. One complaint though, quick resume hasn't been working for Yakuza Like a Dragon. Has anyone else had Hmm. inconsistent quick resume? I love the function, but I'm wondering if it'll actually work when... I use it, wondering if it will actually work when I use it. Kind of defeats the purpose. P.S. Quick Resume makes Red Dead Redemption 2 easy to jump into and out of, so Jeff has no excuse anymore. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have a Series X. Oh, so there's your excuse. The ex- yeah, yeah. The excuse still stands. Yeah. Smart. Uh, well, I held true to my promise where I got my Series X, and the first game I booted up was Puzzle Fighter uh, from 360 I downloaded there. Um, and it's cool that all that stuff is ready to go. Um, and that's the one that doesn't have Quick Resume support. It's weird seeing the inconsistencies. So I tried jumping between a bunch of different games and for Puzzle Fighter on 360, that one you have to boot it up from the front. So what's even the point of having next gen at this point without having quick resume there? But have you noticed any inconsistencies, Kyle? I haven't experimented with it too much. I went back and forth between Fortnite, which is an online game, um, and then Inside, which is like, you know, a pretty straightforward offline single player game to Valhalla, which kind of like threads the needle where there are online components that it might need to check, but like you can play it offline. And between those three, it, it worked pretty seamlessly. I couldn't jump back into Fortnite so easily, which was expected. Yeah. But I haven't had inconsistency yeah. yet, but it's also limited a, po- a limited pool of games that I've tried. Right, you know? right. Uh, yeah, Monzo 7 also loves having quick resume. A lot of people wrote in with their thoughts on the Xbox Series X, which is wonderful. Brady Easter has kind of the same take as you, Kyle, saying a new console is a crazy cool thing and I love it. With that in mind, this round is a little uh, underwhelming. Since the controller improvements are pretty much just iterations and the UI was updated forever and a while ago, I plugged in my new mini fridge, that's the Xbox Series X, and grabbed a controller that felt very similar and saw the same screen I'd seen before. The 4K obviously looks great. I came from a base Xbox One. But I I largely just thought, well, there's my Xbox again. This is probably exacerbated by the fact that the first next-gen game game I'm getting on it is Cyberpunk, which has been delayed to December. And remember Mm -hmm. that the next-gen version of Cyberpunk isn't coming until next year. Anyways, he says, honestly, the whole thing just makes me even more excited for my PlayStation 5, the new controller, new UI, and about Watch Dogs Legion, so I'll have a next-gen game right away. Still, though, new consoles! Woo! Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it, it, it is not as exciting as previous consoles. It's just not. But, like, it's not necessarily a, a colossal dig. It's yeah. like, you guys are, like, you've got something seamless working, and it's like, it'll pay, I mean... I mean, honestly, like it's already paying off to a certain degree because like I'm any, any cross platform game I'm bought, I'm going Xbox. Like it's just an easier process to like jump between them. Like I bought Yakuza on Xbox. I got, well, that's, is that only Xbox? Is that coming to PS5? Uh, no, it's, well, it's coming to PS5 in March, but it's on PS4. Yeah. And PC. Yeah, but like Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed, like there was no question in my mind. I was like, well, I'm getting the Xbox version. I'm not going to get the PS4 version, you know, yeah. which is like, uh, I think that's a success for Microsoft. You know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lewis Kane wrote in talking about how much he loves that uh, it's the biggest unit possible, counter what you're saying, Kyle, and he loves that it's the big chunk of the console. He says, also, please see this tweet for a scale photo of my Xbox Series X with a chicken McNugget. 
Okay, we, we noticed that. It's it's very smart. Uh, Mike, well, I'm not saying it's small. I'm saying it's smaller than I expected. I hear you. Because I think, I, I think in my head I had a refrigerator that Snoop Dogg was storing yeah, food in. Yeah, you, you, know? s- you saw the Snoop Dogg picture. That's your classic <laughs> mistake. Mike Kernot uh, wrote in talking about how he had a weird thing where his Samsung TV wasn't wor- working with the HDR. And he his Samsung TV has what's called HDR10+, which is not compatible with Series X. Kind of a bummer, but not a big deal breaker because this can be added in later, but it's still disappointing. So, I so one thing I had to do, not to b- do a bunch of tech support here, Please. is I actually had to change my HDMI input to 2.0. Like I had mm. to go into the settings and it was, there was, it was at 1.0, 2.0 or automatic and it was set to automatic and I had to manually change it to 2.0 to get HDR 4K stuff going. Gotcha. Maybe that's that could be an issue. Also, make sure you're using the new HDMI cord because it's that that could be a problem it's too. Two point one. Yeah. Hopefully, it, you get it working. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam Levy says two sentence Series X review. Not all that excited about native 4K and 60 frames per second, but having access to hundreds of games quality, hundreds of quality games through Game Pass is amazing. I feel like a kid in a candy store when I look at that Game Pass list. And Joe Halaska also wrote in saying, all that for a dollar for starting is insane. Ben Shively wrote in saying, when I booted up my Series X uh, and I was wowed by the Game Pass, I was shocked to see all of EA play. For me, this made up for the lack of major launch games. Anyone who says the Series X isn't a great deal is just wrong. Having such a crazy library right away due to Games Pass is incredible. Uh, I mean, another, is- another game I played, Burnout Paradise. It was a moment of like, oh. I have Burnout Paradise. Yeah, throw that in the download queue for sure, you know? I know. I, it's so stupid to still in 2020 be like, no, seriously, Game Pass is absurd. But I had that moment booting it up too. We're going through all the games available. Mind-boggling. And that EA impact, I think, is huge. Having like Jedi Fallen Order in there. And even just old stuff like, okay, I guess I'll download Bejeweled 3 and have that ready to go on my system at all times. Or even like, I downloaded the old SSX from, was that 2011, 2012? Cause like, you know what? The dangerous one. Yeah. Deadly descents. Like I should go back and give that one more world just to make sure I don't like it. Just to really double check it. <laughs> Even just seeing like, okay, with the EA stuff, I have dead space ignition. Uh, Final fantasy nine is in there. Grim Fandango. It's just seven different Madden games. It is just absurd how much they're packing in there, but it's super fun. Are there um, any titles that have surprised you the most to see on there? Honestly, Dex, Dead Space Ignition was the biggest surprise, like this crappy downloadable Dead Space game that nobody loves, but hey, they threw it in there. Or even... Um, I played it. Should I go back and play it, Kyle? Oh, no. Okay, great. Don't, please. Uh, <laughs> there's even... Uh, oh, oh, stuff like... Uh, God, Kyle, help me out. The Visceral game, the God of War clone. Oh, um... Uh, the, uh, based Dante's on the, the Dante's Inferno. Yes, Dante's Inferno. It's just so weird that, you know, in 2020, we we're launching a new console, the Xbox Series X. I had to take a second just to stop and think, do I want to play Dante's Inferno? You know, I guess you know I have happened? it. About, about five months ago, I played the first level of Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Because I, it's one that's like, oh, I've always been curious about because I like God of War and Visceral. So I should try that one. Okay. How'd it go? Seemed all right. Yeah, all right. There it is. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Seth Markley is the only person that wrote in about the Series S saying, I picked up a Series S as I still need to upgrade my TV and saving $200 now will allow for more going towards a better television. Plus, I'm excited about PlayStation's games. Uh, I'm loving the S so far. I normally don't buy games unless I'm completely into them. So I missed Dead Cells, Outer Worlds, Doom Eternal, Anthem, Tetris Effect, and many more last gen. Game Pass is an absolute game changer for me and adding on Quick Resume has been amazing. 
The last two yeah. weeks, I was going back and forth about canceling the pre-order, but after one night, I'm glad I kept it. I feel like the Series S, in addition to Game Pass, is this sort of one-two punch of just like, okay, a lot more people are going to be playing a lot more games. Like it just, op- it honestly opens up an entire world. Um, yeah. To new players. Yeah. Or you know, like I don't know, like students, for example, like you know, like people who have maybe been on the fence about buying a console for a while. Cause it's like, okay, you know, Oh, what happens if I buy a console? I pay $60 uh, to $80, you know, if you're thinking DLC for every game, but now suddenly it's like, Oh, you know, I'll just get a game pass on the little series S. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy seeing all that stuff on game pass, especially the EA stuff where you can play all the mass effect games, including Andromeda. If you want to be a maniac. Um, and it's so weird then to see that, even though they announced on Saturday uh, for N7 Day that they are, in fact, remastering Mass Effect, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, uh, which is, I believe, according to this podcast, the number one most desired thing from the game industry. So it's happening spring 2021. That launch trailer, I was kind of bummed that they didn't use a more iconic Mass Effect song. But other than that, that's still very exciting. Um, But yes, absolutely everybody is wowed by the speed of the Series X and seems like people are enjoying their time with it so far. And I'm really looking forward to going in and playing more um but yeah today we did get a playstation 5 um booted up the setup process is a little bit different than series x a little bit longer a little bit slower it does a weird thing where they want you to turn on your playstation 4 and have it hooked up to the same network as the playstation 5 which i thought was so weird but then when we were talking about it on the stream, people were saying, they're like, oh, that helps with data caps. That it's actually just transferring the data off your PlayStation 4 instead of just knowing what's on your account and downloading that. So I guess it's a clever way, but it just feels like that one extra step just feels a little bit more rickety than the transition going from the 1 to the Series X. But uh, I mean, that's a pretty standard Nintendo thing. Like Wii to Wii U did it that way. Yeah. Moving between 3DSs does it that way, but... Uh yeah, it's. I mean, a lot of people are going to be selling their PS4 to get a PS5, so. Oh, that is true. Yeah, well, maybe they can just wait a little bit. I'd imagine is how they're going to do it and yeah. stuff. But uh, yeah, I haven't had that much time to mess around with the PlayStation 5. We can definitely talk about it more next week. Uh, I got to play a little bit of Astro's Playroom. I played a little bit of the Spider-Man remaster. Uh, the DualSense controller. A lot of talk about the haptic feedback. A lot of hype. It is a very cool thing. Uh, I think I overhyped it a little bit in my mind. <laughs> you know, like listening to so many people talk about it and be like, oh man, when you're walking in the sand, you can feel your controller feel all sandy. It's it's very, very good rumble. <laughs> you know, it's it's rumble to the finest detail, but don't expect it to Would be. Would you call it like high definition rumble? It's kind of high def rumble, but still <laughs> super cool. Like there's little things like there's kind of a, uh, I don't know what you call it, a gotcha machine type thing in uh, Astro Astro's Playroom where like you grab a handle pull it down, then it releases a little thing. It was also in, uh, you know, Astrobot. But actually, like, grabbing that device and then pulling it down, something about that, and then popping the little container to get your Easter egg inside, it feels so cool in the controller. It's just... It is the loudest use of Rumble you could possibly imagine. Like, that entire game, Astro's Playroom, is just, you know, to demonstrate the capabilities of the controller. But I think years from now, we'll look back on it and just feel like it's a parody of putting rumble in a game because it's like every single step the foot that comes down you feel the rumble on that side it is just obnoxious but in a very cool way and i mean that game that team is 
incredible. It's largely the same soundtrack so far, at least from uh, Astrobot. Oh, but that game is not a new soundtrack. There's some new songs, but at least in the okay, levels good. that I played, it's like okay, this is just the main Astrobot theme, which is still fantastic. Um, Did you have to download Astrobot? No. No, okay, and pre-installed was, fully. Yep, and there was no update for it nice. or anything either. I was able That's to jump cool. right in. Yeah, it's, it is super cool. Uh, and I did check out Amplitude, uh, the PS4, PS4 game. It does work on PlayStation 5, so everybody can rest easy at home. Um, <laughs> let's see, other quick uh, impressions of the DualSense is the D-pad, I don't know. It's like a little glossier and a little bit stickier, I think, than I was expecting. Compared to, I actually really... Uh, actually, hold on. It's actually worth mentioning, just circling back to Series X, the yeah. D-pad is different on That's the exactly it. Yeah, I, I like, like, I like the D-pad clickier. on the Series X more too. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like taking the Elite approach, but I think it's really cool. And the, I still am getting used to the DualSense one, but we'll have a lot more to say about PlayStation 5 coming up next week. But overall, awesome to have both. I'm more excited about the experience of the Series X, but that's largely because of Valhalla, I think. We'll see. But that, still, that surprises me honestly. I thought PS5 would be feel more like a true like this is a new console. It you know? does, it does. But I think I just don't have that experience yet that I'm ready to really sink my teeth into. And hopefully, Miles Morales will be the start of that experience. But but it gotcha. definitely does. I mean, even the setup, seeing the new UI stuff like that, it's exciting. It takes some getting used to. You know, holding down the PlayStation button to kind of pause the game instead of just tapping that once. That type of stuff is going to be fun to try and get the hang of. Um, okay, Kyle, bug snacks is a game. Am I the only one who's played it? Has anyone else played it? I started yeah. it. I've been, pl- I've been playing it too. You have? Okay, good. Uh, Kyle, you had very high praise for Bug Snacks. Well, not me directly. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, my daughter has declared it her favorite game of all time. Uh, she played and beat it in like one sitting and has deleted her save and restarted and is <laughs> pestering me constantly to play more of it. Uh, she loves it. Yeah. Okay, for a frame of reference, is your daughter smart? yeah okay yeah i mean she's i didn't help her at all it's a it's a puzzle game yeah i mean it's a series of light puzzles about how do you corral and catch these different bug snacks uh creature things uh but like but but like me playing it like like i have similar praise for it i actually i kind of went in with like low expectations kind of as a response to like the meme culture that has sort of grown around it totally and i was sort of approaching it like like Untitled Goose Game kind of was a similar thing for me where I was getting built up and built up. And I was like, guys, this is going to be a, a, a pretty fun indie game. And then I ended up liking Untitled Goose Game a lot. And I'm kind of feeling similar with this where I was like, eh, it's just going to be a nice little indie game. But like, I think the, the sort of interaction between the characters is a lot of fun. I think the mechanic of catching the bugs is interesting and like changes a lot. Yeah. And then it's also got this like insane like Muppets crossed with the island of Dr. Moreau kind of like setup where they're, they're turning into these vegetables that they're consuming, but they don't really seem to mind. It's, it's they're it's excited like about than you expect. You yeah. Know? I, it's a tough line. It's a very dumb idea done very well. I think it's how so this game up and it's that's yes. I like that. Yeah. On the, like the meme culture thing, I was totally bracing for that as well. Going in like this game's going to be annoying and obnoxious. And for such a silly idea and a silly concept, I'm rem- I'm amazed that it's not that obnoxious to me, at least from what I've played so far. The characters aren't grading. It's not just a Trover saves the universe, no offense, Kyle, scream session going throughout that entire game, which it very easily could have been, right? Yeah. I mean, well, there's enough characters that are like, sort of like the farmer who's just yeah. like, ugh. <laughs> 
again on the meme culture we've repeated that phrase three times now um i think it's <laughs> not it's just alive. that like the pr team has uh at pop Gandico has done a really great job with advertising that game like yeah they made an instagram bug snacks filter which that was the first time that i saw a video game use like instagram filters to advertise hmm. their game and their title like their titular song is by like this pretty well-known uk uk based band called caro caro bonito and they're like pretty popular with you know like the gamer crowd i guess you'd say um because they have a popular song called flamingo and so it's kind of like i don't know very well the hype was very well orchestrated yeah i would say you know what's fun about that song anna um my daughter really she didn't know anything about the game at all and when she uh, spoiler alert the song plays during the end credits she was like dad this song is incredible like she'd never heard yeah, it before it's a but good she was like song. you gotta hear this song it's a like, good song nailed it. yeah freaking nailed it you can buy the single on i made bit store it's very fun as a vinyl but jeff what were you saying what do you think about this thing yeah i i i have been impressed by just kind of the production values of it right, right. you know it's it's obviously an indie experience and you kind of get that from like the first person controls and stuff. But the, the fact that all of the different grumps are like voice acted and, and done well, and that there, there is as much character building and story and, and a mystery of like this character that disappeared that you're exploring the island floor. Like, like that, those were things that I was definitely not expecting going into this and that I've, I found a lot more interesting and endearing than I thought I would. Jeff, as a sober adult man, will you finish Bug Snacks? Um, I, I probably have a much higher chance of finishing Bug Snacks, yeah, than than a lot of the games that are coming out right now. All right, well, that seems reasonable. Yeah, it's just a nice, easy game, and the gameplay, you know, it, fair to compare it to Ape Escape, Kyle. That's what developers have been saying, and it seems about right. Just light puzzles to try and corral these different bug creatures with great names like. Bunger, Frider, Shishkabug, a lot of good stuff in there. Which they'll, they'll, they'll talk out of your controller microphone when you catch them. Another, yeah. uh, my wife was playing it too, and, and she, and this is a compliment. She's like, it reminds me of like a really good PS2 game. Interesting. Which I, I think is kind of fair. Like it feels like, an, like a previous generation, but like a really solid previous generation game. That yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That yeah. would have made a big impact when it came out you know right right uh bug snacks everybody it's i guess if you have uh playstation plus you get it on playstation 5 so i think a lot of folks will be checking it out along with playstation 5 it'll be a fun one to go down the history books as like oh yeah launch the new generation that was bug snacks time and place right there um hey jeff do you know how this whole thing operates Bug snacks. Largely bug snacks. And you can find your custom bug snacks at patreon.com slash minmax2ends. If you support us at any tier, you get access to the wonderful Discord where our community is playing games with each other, creating podcasts with each other. It's a very friendly place talking about getting better in the Better Quest channel. There's a lot of very fun stuff happening in that Discord. Thank you to everybody that has signed up recently. Uh, we always message new supporters to figure out how they found us, what kind of content they want in the future, all that fun stuff. So it's a delight talking to everybody. So we appreciate Everybody signing up. We are close to our goal, our 15K goal, where if we hit it, we are creating the MinMax holiday special. 
which I have never made a holiday special in my life. And I'm so excited to produce the hell out of this weird, uplifting, charming holiday special. We started talking about ideas a little bit, but we're not making it unless we hit it. So it'll be a nice thank you for the community uh, to close out the year. So we're looking forward to that. Thank you to our new supporters. It is the start of a new cycle here on Patreon, and we have a wonderful new supporter at the $400 tier, uh, which means they get to have us read a plug on the podcast for them. This is the fine folks at the Synced Up Podcast. They want us to say, have you ever felt out of sync with gaming news? Then get synced up with the Synced Up Podcast, a fellow Central Time Zone podcast that covers everything from gaming opinions, detailed recaps of the weekly gaming news, fun games sprinkled in between. Back in February, we decided to finally take the leap and chase our podcasting dreams, and we haven't stopped since. You can find the audio version by searching Synced Up Podcast in your favorite podcasting service and look for the blue and white logo. Or if you prefer video, you can find us over at youtube.com slash Synced Up Podcast, where we also have other gaming-related content. If you check us out and decide to say decide to stay you can look forward to new upcoming impressions non-gaming related shows too again that's youtube.com slash synced up podcast or search sync synced up podcast in your favorite podcasting service and look for the blue and white logo we hope to see you there tell them leo sent you yeah just be sure to leave that <laughs> comment that leo sent you and that's how you found a synced up podcast this is what i love look it's not it's not general motors Who's an evil corporation, Jeff? Um, um come on, number one. Come one, on. one came into my head, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> uh, just, just give me Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. Chevron. Coca- Chevron combined with Coca-Cola. Look, it's not those folks going for the you know $400 tier and getting a plug on the podcast. It's wonderful folks like Tim and Mike here who started a new podcast, chasing their dreams, having a good time. And they say, hey, we want other people to check it out. So check out Synced Up Podcast, please. Tell them Leo sent you. We insist on it. And as Jeff likes to note, it's free. <laughs> Send some love their way. <laughs> go to their podcast uh, or go to the YouTube channel and leave a comment. Uh, they would really appreciate it. And thanks as always to uh, I Am 8-Bit, our wonderful supporters and old friends at I Am 8-Bit. They want everybody to know that they are selling PlayStation 4 limited edition deluxe package of the Annapurna Interactive Deluxe. This is a collection of a bunch of different Annapurna games, including the first physical PS4 release of Telling Lies of Goa. It has a foreword from Annapurna Interactive founder Nathan Gary, exclusive statements from each game's creative visionaries, and this PS4 package includes great games like Donut County, Garagoa, Kentucky Route Zero, Outer Wilds, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Telling Lies, Watam, What Remains of Edith Finch, and it's a very limited edition, so please go to IM8Bit Store and check out that Annapurna Interactive Deluxe Limited Edition bundle, or you can check out anything else in their store. If it's a hun- if it's under $100, you can use the promo code MinMaxFeast to get 10% off of that. Thank you to IM8Bit uh, for their support, and thank you to them as well for shipping out an amazing thing from their store to whoever we deem has the question of the week. If you support us at any tier on Patreon, you can submit a question for us to read and share on the show and answer on the show, and then we choose our favorite, and IM8Bit will ship them out something very nice. This week, it's a stellar soundtrack, a double album. Kyle, it's the soundtrack to The Last Guardian on vinyl. Oh, which... Runs at 60 FPS on PS5, I think. There I'm really we excited go. to try that. Yeah, and it comes with the PS Plus collection. So if you are playing that and you say, ooh, this soundtrack's so good, because ooh, it is very good, you can win the vinyl soundtrack here on the MinMax show, or you can just buy the vinyl soundtrack from the iMateBit store and use the promo code MinMaxFeast, all one word for 10% off. All right, we have some great guests coming in, and we have some great questions that we need to get to. Uh, but before that, Anna and Jeffum, 
Uh, you're going to be leaving us. Do you two want to clap out at the exact same time, please? Oh my god. We're joined by Tom Guerin and Zach Plaguey. Alright, let's really break this down. Zachary Plaguey, hello. Thank you for being here. Generous donor from Extra Life. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's an honor. Thank you. And Tom Guerin, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. Uh, you two were watching this charity stream and you said, hmm, I could donate to charity and get to be on the MinMax show. I will go out of my way to do that, which is always amazing. Kyle, like, can you imagine watching the charity stream and thinking, I'm going to swerve so far out of my way, I'm actually going to make this happen. And they did it. It's incredibly <laughs> generous. I am just blown away. I want away. to interact with these people directly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, thank you so much. Zachary Plaguey, uh, you've been on Replay. You've been on the Game Informer show. I don't think you Replay, uh, I think I was on an early episode of A Test Chamber Oh, really? <laughs> I think the only show I wasn't on is Chronicles. Oh, no, right. Were you on Four Things? <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> Trying to think of four deep spoiled. cuts from Game of Thrones. that wasn't out either. Okay, were you on Quick 15? Yeah. Dagger to my heart. Yes, there you go. But thank you for your support, Zachary Plague. Uh, yeah. Not only do you, do you donate a lot uh, to charity to let children, especially healthcare in St. Paul, Minnesota, for Extra Life, uh, but you also raised a ton by streaming on your own Yep. Uh, have you ever added up how much you've raised throughout the years for Extra Life, personally, or like I due have to your streams? Personally, raised uh, I think twenty six thousand dollars. That's amazing, incredible. And you've donated a lot of that. But just to be clear, yeah. you raising that money that doesn't go into like a secret fund that you use to no. then make these donations from because you were bidding <laughs> on everything. No, it doesn't. Okay, I was amazed. Uh, Tom Garrett, thank you for being here, sir. Thanks. Yeah. What's uh? Absolutely. What's your history? Give us the journey. Walk us through that moment when you're watching the stream, and then you said, "You know what? I'm freaking doing it." So it seems like so I've been watching you guys for a number lots and lots of years, and so um, I always seem to not be able to actually catch the stream kind of when it was going, mm. and um, you know, it's always been like something that I thought would be super cool to be able to come on and talk to you guys about games, and what better way than to be able to donate to charity in order to you know to get there? Yeah. So. Oh, that's fantastic. How did you find us? We've been trying to dodge you for years. Seriously. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think, I, honestly, it started with just like walking to GameStop, you know, years ago and just picking right. up a, a uh, Game Informer and then, you know, really started watching like when um, Dan and Reiner started doing replays when they started that, like back in like 2009, 2010 was right when I started to get to college. So really? didn't have any friends. So started watching those videos and, oh you know, just God. kind of been following you guys ever since. Oh, that's wild. What's your favorite mm -hmm. piece of, let's leave MinMax out of it, your favorite piece of Game Informer content? Um, one of my comforts is actually to like the Sonic 06 is just that <laughs> really? super replay is just, it's so painful for, <laughs> for Kyle and everyone who was on that. And so yeah. that one, you know, that one gets a rewatch pretty frequently really like you've seen it multiple times yeah quite a few yeah good number of times That's it's like amazing great background you know it's just like you know just put it on you know i mean you gotta realize TV. that ben reeves has like a whole suite of characters that he's True. pulling out of the bag i, I feel uh, there's like a whole sub fiction within that <laughs> super replay that's just it's perfect i'm so thankful for wade wojcik who produced that one uh because he got together like a highlights reel so i watched that and yep. like, i think i get it i, I saw ben reeves's absurd actually, lobster character and all that crap 
That's one we gotta. I gotta try on the Series X. See how that sucker runs, man. <laughs> oh, sorry, that six. oh, that's funny. Test Somebody that backwards compatibility. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I deleted the yeah. comment. I wish I still had it. Somebody said that the first game they tested backwards compatibility on was Sonic Unleashed, and they said it runs yeah. faster. Well, wait, what's after Unleashed? It's like Secret Rings. There was one <laughs> that someone put. Like I saw someone share a Twitter video where they were like, "It's finally running at a consistent frame rate. Like there's oh, no, really? it's not hanging up, and you can run full speed." And it's like. You know, I'm glad I bought this Series X. <laughs> this thing's awesome. Uh, all right. We have a lot of questions that people from the community submitted. A uh, couple of easy ones out of the gate, and they're going to get harder and harder and harder until eventually you two are going to be crying and begging for mercy. But that's the way the podcast <laughs> works. Uh, James Pinto writes in and says, hey, everybody, another extra life down. And what a doozy it was. I really had no idea what to expect this year, but it exceeded in all regards. The dance parties was just a nice replacement for some of the more sinister things from previous drives. I was happy to see... So many people show up in such a big way and really donate to what the stream to what the stream averages under normal conditions. I would love to know everyone's favorite moments. I love the Leo and Blake skate off personally. That's amazing, Jim's cause James, because that happened uh like at five or six in the morning or something. So hardcore. Yeah, how much did you guys watch? First of all, no judgment here. Uh, the whole time. That's uh, absurd. <laughs> I was in at the watch party with Bob. Oh and yeah, and all them. So yeah, uh, Kyle, we were there the whole time. I don't know if you knew this, Kyle, but uh, the people in the MinMax Discord had like a voice chat group, like just to watch all of Extra Life, which is amazing. I think that's such a oh, fun idea. Cool. I, God, you must have been so bored as we're redoing the OBS <laughs> overlay over and over and over again. <laughs> well, I have seen the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff in the studio yeah. for streams. So it's nothing that, that like I, I am not. I it was so I, much easier. I am not. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. I can only imagine that because you just have to, to drag the tiles. But then like in the studio, like changing the cameras, you're in the back, turning yeah. the levels right. It's oh. <laughs> which mics are live right now? Oh, which camera around? It's just a mess. Yep. Yeah. But uh, Tom, did you have a favorite moment from this year? Not to kiss our ass, but something you thought really stood out to you. I mean, I did enjoy going when you guys went through the demo disc. Yeah. Um, yeah, with Reiner Reeves and, and Dan um, Reichert. Yeah. And Reichert. Yeah. So that was just, you know, that was good because it was just a lot of little bite size. He got sick of it, moved on to the next one. So, yeah. yeah. So we kind of put it up an old uh, Pizza Hut demo disc. And like, all right, first $50 donor, choose what game we play for the demo disc. And just to troll us, somebody donated 50 bucks. We're like, play Gran Turismo. Like, cool. <laughs> the best game on here compared to like, you know, Tomb Raider and Metal Solid and Crash Bros. Oh, yeah. It's just ridiculous. Uh, selfishly and obnoxiously, my favorite moment was very late at night. We did a script reading, Kyle, for yes. the scrapped Indiana Jones 4 that Frank Darabont wrote. That was amazing. Which we got through a... It felt like a lifetime, but we made it through, I don't know, 40 minutes or so. But a lot of it was just like crazy action sequences where it was me as like the narrator just describing this chase sequence, which was boring. So we pivoted. And so I was like, okay, what's a very dialogue script, dialogue heavy script we could do? And so just in the wee hours of the morning, myself, Ben Reeves, Leo and Marcus Stewart, now from Game Informer, uh, we read the Chinese restaurant episode from Seinfeld. Uh, and like people got to cast. So I finally got to do a Jerry Seinfeld impersonation for the entire thing. Reeves was Elaine. Uh, Leo was George Costanza. It was very stupid. Uh, oh, but very Leo fun. is Costanza. Huh? Yeah, amazing. I saw you guys talking about that. And I was like, how did that come up? That wasn't on the schedule. 
<laughs> it was a, it was a right, hot cool. pivot. Yeah, I, I had such a blast. It was so obnoxious to do. But like, I just watched that episode not too long ago. So it's like, I think I remember the way Jerry delivered this line. I think. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Pliggy. Like the greatest <laughs> audible. Thank I you. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Did you have a favorite moment, Pliggy? That was my favorite moment, actually. Oh, like, great. Oh, great. What you said that I was like, this is going to be either terrible or the best <laughs> thing in the stream. Yeah, it, it was the best thing. A little above. Marcus was just like, oh, because, of, oh, because of the accent. He yeah. Should, he didn't use it, but like, he delivered it with a straight face straight toad and yes i loved that it was very funny yeah marcus was the the host for the chinese restaurant it's like you know in the script it's like with a thick chinese accident marcus just going right down the middle just really playing it safe uh yeah we also uh if you want to check out that archive it's all time stamped on our youtube channel we also played uh deck quest which is kind of like a light D, which a lot of people have been screaming at us to play D. and that was pretty close uh to us playing DD where leo was the dm and rolling for us and stuff so hopefully we can do more of that stuff in the future but uh mick manga writes in kyle and wants to know so kyle is bean climb a contender for game of the year then uh no okay great uh <laughs> gabe but Br- no not bad i don't want to be too negative but it's, but it's not, not i love playing those random team games and i'm sorry if you didn't watch this stream i'm sure Majority of people listening or watching didn't, but you can check out the highlights on YouTube if you want to. Okay, on with the show, everybody. Forget Extra Life. We did a great job, raised a lot of money for charity. You people are very generous. Thank you so much, but there's more going on in the world. Like Gabe's very relevant question saying, hello, CLCs, vehicles in games. They make getting around faster, more thrilling, or just cooler. So what is your favorite vehicle from a video game and why? Tough one. Favorite video game vehicle of all time. I mean, my in, my my quick reaction is Warthog, just because it's it was yeah. very unique yeah. at the time, and it was like fun to control. And then the other quick one would be like, I uh, the first instance of motorcycles in GTA, like Vice City. Oh, that's the first such time a I good one. That's such a good City, one. I was like, this changes things, you know. So those are my two. I would say. Yeah. Oh God, this is so specific, but for me, it's the yellow cheetah in gta 2 i remember playing that pc mm. demo over and over again and being like oh that cheetah is so sweet but yeah gta that's such a good pull that's just a sea of great vehicles there but i don't know does anything stand out for you tom yeah so mine's kind of generic um mine is a helicopter in co-op games because <laughs> yeah. they either give you the biggest laugh if something goes wrong or it creates some of the like the you know the worst arguments just within your team like in Warzone. If you, if you run into a tree, which is indestructible yeah. and it explodes, that's just, it's either you're going to get laughs or you're going to get people being like, for the next 15 games, we're never playing. We're never getting good at a chop. <laughs> yeah. And then you're just like, you're that pilot. So yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, that's kind of mine. Too, if the helicopter is hard to control, Ooh, exactly. that's sweet. Ooh, that's you only have sweet. one person on your team who can really do it okay, but that they keep not getting in the seat, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Zach, does anything stand out for you? Yes, I... If you've played, it's a Jet Moto. I like the Ooh, Jet yeah. Ski. It was just, at that time, it felt like so so floaty and fluid. It was, as a kid, it yeah. was a pretty amazing. I would always try to break out of the tracks with that. Like yep. Some yeah. type of uh, acrobatic to get out of... Of the barriers, but yeah. I remember there's one map yeah, where it kind of had like a treetop mushroom shape. It's like a flat 
circle that was just like a weird piece of debris. I remember playing it so much in multiplayer where we'd both jump on there and then that was just like our arena to try and push each other off <laughs> in Jet Moto. But yeah. who owns Jet Moto? This is a 989 oh. joint, right? So who owns all of 989 stuff? Is it Sony at this it, point? I would guess Sony, yeah, but I don't know. But Oh, so they were a division of Sony. Okay, yeah. that makes more sense. So Sony, I mean, of all the games that people are screaming for, I'm amazed that no one that I've seen in the last five years has been screaming about a new Jet Moto. But that's could, a game that I would love, love to come back. Like, as a racing game, <laughs> it's... There are so many... So many... Uh, of the kart racers out there, I want something different, and that is like, yeah, something that hasn't uh, hasn't been around. But I wonder if Sony, I wonder if Sony just sees it as like, well, if we're gonna make a new racing game, those Wipeout fans will not shut up. So yeah. we we gave them a couple things here and there, but the idea of like, okay, now go to your other racing game, you know, it's like, I don't think anyone's gonna go for a Jet Moto. At this yeah, point, but but it'd be fun. Uh, Muffin Crumbs says, Hello, Ben and crew. I was thinking of Blair Witch recently and how much it made off such a small budget, and it got me thinking, what's the video game version of that? What's the best low-budget, single-A game ever made? It's a great question. So just the super low-budget, but crazy, crazy money coming in. There's a handful I have off the top of my head. Yeah, I think... Uh, the first is... Uh, you have to count... Uh, it's It's... That it's Tetris. That has to be the number one. For thinking yeah. about the uh, development, dip. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how much time Alexi really spent making that first mm-hmm. Tetris. But yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty. Good. Mine was yeah. Mine was similar. It was like it was Minecraft. Like mm. how for how much that has since generated what that first iteration of Minecraft was. You know. You know. So I wonder though. I, yeah, it's Minecraft it's a, was totally mine too, Tom. Just like because that I could be yeah. wrong, but I mean that was another. Just he started it on his own and just kind of put a, a beta out there, right? And then it right. just grew and grew and grew and yeah. grew and grew. Yeah, right? but I wonder. So realistically, what did Minecraft cost? I mean, Notch. I don't even know what his job was at the time, but it just cost however much it cost to live in Stockholm and rent his apartment for <laughs> right, that, his like, rent three yeah, years no, or yeah. whatever. Like oh, that was the cost yeah it's pretty good my first instinct was flappy bird which i know mm. is a, is an antique it's a retro game at this point but <laughs> i don't remember back in 2013 when that stupid game took over the world um i wonder how much do you think that made oh flappy you know bird. On, a, on a on a comparable i mean angry birds might kind of be there too because it was like i'm sure rovio was pretty small you know and now it's like I don't know what it what it is right now, but it certainly hit the like biggest video game franchise at some point. You know. Yeah. So Flappy Bird was making fifty thousand dollars a day for advertising income, um, but wow. I I think I have the answer. If you count the entire series, now I know this is you know getting away from the core of the question, I guess a little bit, but compared to how much it costs to develop versus success, it has to be Just Dance, right? Like I remember visiting Ubisoft and talking to them, and they were like. These things are made with like a skeleton crew and that it's one of the greatest selling series of all time. And it's been going on for 15 years at this point. Yeah. It's gotta be up there, but yeah. it's a great I, question. My family actually plays a lot of those games and as, and when we play them, like I'm like, I always watch and I'm like, who, how does this work? Like, do you, do you guys have, do they have full-time dancers that like just choreograph all year? Is, I was like, 
is that like the best job you can get as a professional dancer? Ooh. Is just is that the most consistent employment? Because even if you're like on Broadway or something like that, you're still doing project to project to project. But if you're like, I don't know how that works, but like if I were like a dancer, I'd be like, I want to be employed by Ubisoft and just in. dance to pop music and like choreograph pop music, you know? Okay, mm-hmm. Kyle, your goal now is to track every silhouette and just dance and figure out when they're shifting over to a new silhouette and figure out how many recurring people. Or you can look at the credits, I guess. Um, yeah. Do you think they're in the credits, the dancers? The one I thing, the so. one counter I, I would so. offer you, Hanson, is I bet it's probably expensive to license that music. Yeah, oh, that's true. That's true. I but mean, you, but I mean, they wouldn't. They wouldn't keep making them like they do with the consistent consistency yeah. they do. Right, if they weren't right. blowing up the charts. In the realm of games that I need to go back to, because it certainly couldn't have been as bad as I remember it being, is Michael Jackson: The Experience, which was like the Ubisoft Just Dance thing, which should have been interesting like i wanted it to get like the beatles rock band treatment and it was just a turd god that game sucked um but i do remember it did come up with it came with like the michael jackson glove i forget if it was like a special edition or that was the default edition but the one we had at game before had like the michael jackson glove so you can feel just like michael jackson at home which is a very cool thing Hey, uh brian linus writes in and says uh forgiving the play oh uh no, skipping that. Uh, have you been thinking of what uses the PlayStation 5's DualSense could possibly have in the future? I can imagine things like it replicating walking on creaky floorboards in a horror game, feeling the weight on each side of the controller as you walk. You could also feel a short burst of the haptics if your foot went through one of the floorboards. I'm buying this floorboard game, Brian. Uh, another idea I had is that if you're being stalked in a first-person game like PT, they could replicate somebody subtly putting their hand on your shoulder. Shut up. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's so weird. Well, Kai, you'd have to put the controller on your shoulder. No, but just having like a little extra, like something on the side that you're being grabbed. Oh, that'd be so messed up. Um, Anyways, yeah. What do you think? What would you like from the future of the controller? I mean, the trigger is kind of pushing back against you, I think is really interesting. Yeah. In terms of just a simple, like, does that improve shooters? Does that make pulling a trigger on a virtual gun feel a little different? Like, I don't want it... Like the way you've described, I haven't played Astrobot yet. You have yeah. the way you describe it as being sort of excessive, you know, on purpose. Like I don't, I don't think that's what I want for every game. Right? But yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I, I'm curious. It, it does seem like something that people, developers, might latch actually latch onto and do something with. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the triggers are very cool. I'm excited to play Black Ops Cold War on the playstation 5 because i guess they have things like pulling the trigger on bigger guns like you have to press the trigger harder and stuff and yeah that the trigger stuff i guess we didn't talk about in the first chunk but it is very weird uh but cool i i was thinking about i jumped into because it's on game pass uh tetris effect connected which is like the new version of tetris effect where they added multiplayer and stuff and there's like the multiplayer you can do 1v1 which is great it's always great um then they also have like this co-op mode where it's three people trying to take down an AI together and I couldn't get into a match. I don't know if not enough people are playing yet or what the yeah, deal is. Same, I couldn't get online yet. Oh, yeah. that sucks. Um, but it was funny playing that game and it's like, okay, they're really going for like the rumble capabilities in this controller, but it just made me scream like, oh, I want Mizuguchi and that team to edit enhance games is I want them to tackle the dual sense because for a man who has dedicated his life to vibration in controllers the fact that he has a new game out and it's on the system with the inferior rumble in the controller now is such a bummer but maybe they could go back and patch some things into playstation 4 version of tetris effect would that work kyle 
I mean, I think connected is coming to PS five, right? It's something. Oh, point. is it? It's not. I think so. I could be wrong. I don't know. Okay. If Tom I'm or Pliggy sure know, but like, I, I no. think it's coming. I think Xbox just has a, a short exclusive on it. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, Zachary Sweet writes in and says, uh, Hey, Min Maxer, since Tetris got brought up twice in last week's show, I wanted to share my recent discovery of Tetrio. This is a browser-based game and downloadable way to play a Tetris, a version of Tetris 99. You can either play with random people online or host a room for you and your friends. I've been playing it for the last few weeks and it's incredible. So it's T-E-T-R dot I-O. Apparently it's Tetris 99 online. Check it out, everybody. I am curious about that. Um, Hans Kleinenberg, Kyle, has a negative question just for you. Um, is it just me or is there no hype for Call of Duty Cold War? I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think everyone's still playing Warzone. I think, yeah, I'm with you. Tom, are you in the same camp? I think so. I think Warzone has been like the perfect game just because of the the way that they've made the crossplay so accessible. I've been able to reconnect with old friends, yeah. you know, this year, especially with everything going on. And so I think everyone's just they're they're happy with with what Warzone's offering. And um, yeah, I think that's exactly it. And so it's that tough thing of for the company, is it worth it? I mean, I'm sure they've made a lot off Warzone. I don't think I've seen the headline that's like, they're breaking the freaking bank or anything, but I'm sure it's been profitable for them. And it's great. It's an amazingly generous product from at this point. But I think it has kind of deflated some of the enthusiasm for the new Call of Duty. Uh, but maybe those tie-ins will rope in a new crowd. But yeah, I, I'm curious to play it. But I feel like, well, if I want my Call of Duty fixed right now or fixed, I could just go play more Warzone. Uh, ben O'Donnell writes in with the question, the one and only question. He writes in and says, would you rather find $10,000 buried in your yard or discover a planet and get to name it? Okay. Now, Pliggy, think of how many donations you could make to Extra Life next year with those $10,000. <laughs> this 10, question exactly. is not fair because I spent... Uh, four years in college uh, studying uh, asteroids, uh, astronomy, and I discovered a half dozen. So I would take the $10,000 because I've already... Uh, uh, you got to I name have, asteroids? Uh, had a chance to name... Yeah. Yep. What? Are you kidding me? No. Did you name I have produced uh, four papers on asteroids. That's insane. Uh, any good names for asteroids out there? Uh, no... That's the issue with these is you you have to follow a a general like uh, outline mm. so you can't make it like something absurd. Right. Well, what's the fun of that science? Come on. I mean, that would be a pretty good auction item, you know, next year if, if uh, Zach can get us an asteroid to name, you know, $5,000, name <laughs> yeah. your own asteroid. And look, we're, we're, we're an honest stream, but at the same time, we could just say we're naming an asteroid. <laughs> $1 million, we'll name an asteroid. Uh, it was that one. Sorry you missed it. Because uh, I think there's those companies that like say they're selling land on the moon and stuff, right? Or like selling land on Mars. I'm always curious, like, how does that work legally? Is this, no one can call you on that? That is complete BS? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, Kyle, 10,000 or planet? I mean, I guess, because, like, I bet it wouldn't be, I mean, Pluggy can correct me if I'm wrong here, but, like, I bet if you you if you if found a planet and named it, like, I bet that's, like, happened a bunch in the last, you know, couple hundred years from scientists and stuff. Like, I, I could name a planet tomorrow, and I don't think it would make a headline. I guess the, the thing yeah. is, if we found a planet 
in our solar system that changed, you know, um, the sort of the, you know, uh, Mars and Earth and Jupiter. If it was like one of those that you could add into there. Maybe I would Ooh, lean in that direction, okay, but like right. if it's just like a random planet yeah. off in the the Beetlejuice galaxy, and it's like I don't know, that's Kyle, that's planet Kyle. That I I'd probably go with the ten thousand, I guess. Okay, well that's 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 a juicier tr- question there, Kyle. So would you yeah. rename Uranus the planet that needs a new name desperately? <laughs> you can name it whatever you want. You can name it Patreon.com/slash/MinMax2N, <laughs> or you get one million dollars what would you take oh <laughs> one would make you a legend you'd go down in the history yeah. books one would give you a, an honest to god legacy <laughs> and one would Not let one me of these pay crappy legacies loans. like my <laughs> loving child uh yeah i do have that locked down <laughs> yeah, so yeah. uh man i guess i might i might lean naming renaming uranus what would you go for then my <laughs> uh <your butt laughs> not a joke <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, well, actually, I just named it Butthole. <laughs> Are you sure, Mr. Hilliard? We only get one shot at this. I wrote down what I wrote down. <laughs> you guys have thoughts? What would you go for? Million or renaming Uranus? Rename. Rename? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's the right call. But then that would be like, I'd imagine naming a kid is stressful, Kyle. Can you imagine you get to rename a planet? Oh, that would be terrifying. Because you want something, I don't know, a joke's going to get old. something Greek. Yeah, I guess. Or just like mythological. I don't know. That'd be really tough. I mean, you could just like name it after your mom and be nice or something, but... That's a nice, yeah, that's a nice Mother's Day gift right there. <laughs> like, definitely, yeah. you can definitely in good graces. I guess so. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Evan1Sonic writes in and says, I was wondering your guys' opinion on the option to turn blood or gore off in video games. Kyle, I think you already mentioned this. Uh, I only know of a few games that have this feature. I think it's a cool way to help kids or even teens get into play games that they couldn't before. Do you think this feature can be the next photo mode or should it be the next photo mode? I love it. Yeah, I, I love like it. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It. Yeah, the fact you can like turn off decapitations and stuff is cool. Yeah. The one, Valhalla, the one bummer is if you turn it off, you have to restart your game. Um, which really? is like, yeah, it's like a little because th- my daughter like was like, "What you doing?" I was like, "Oh, hold on, let me go into the settings here." And I was like, "Do you want to restart your game?" I was like, "Ah, that's a bummer." But like, that's Tsushima, so yeah, Sushima, you could just turn it off on the fly, like, and it was like you could because I would like turn it off for a while and then turn it back on, you know. So I, I love it. I think it's like an awesome option. I mean, even for non-parents, like Leo, for example, is an outspoken anti-gore person. Like, I'm sure he would love to be able to turn off the gore in a video game, you know? Yeah. I, I'm with Leo on that front. I did leave it on Assassin's Creed, though, because I was curious how that would work. But that's another thing about that game is, my God, do they give you options. It's just out of the gate. Just, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? And you can go into the menu and change, like, how much you're seeing on the map. And it's just, it's crazy how many features they're letting you turn on and off. Um, by the way, you guys, I'm going to keep rolling. You jump in whenever you want. Don't feel like I'm skipping you for these questions. I know people in the comments are yeah. always like, you're going too fast, but we don't need it. I hate going one by one with everybody. So jump in yeah. if you have something, please. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm going to hold my breath for three seconds about the score question. I think it's a good option. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. Moving on. Scott uh, Castro. No, I think, oh. No, I think it's a really good option. I mean, if you could even tie that like to maybe a parental control within the console. So that way, because my parents were pretty strict growing up, you know, like with 
you know, GTA to this day has never been allowed in my parents' house. Even wow. if I brought something over tomorrow, they would probably not allow it to be on the TV. <laughs> really? Um, but yeah, there. Yeah, you know, some games just you know they've got that. Uh, they've got that. Do they do know, they say the classic old line like, "Oh, the prostitute killer simulator"? See, they did exactly. But then they were smart about movies. Like they went on, you know, the sites that allow you to like see, you know, what does it really mean for gore, you know, all that other stuff. Yeah, but yeah. No, I think that could be a way that if something was rated M, you turn the gore off, it becomes kind of a T game, and that you could lock that behind a parental code or something of a console. Right. I don't know. I think it could make games more accessible to more people. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Scott Castro writes in and says, first of all, I had such a wonderful time spending my 24 extra life marathon with you all. You genuinely put on an entertaining and often hilarious show and not often enough for 24 hours, which is a no, which is no small feat in the process. He raised over $50,000 for the kids, 53,000, but who's counting. I was proud to have accounted for nearly $750 towards the team goal through my extra life fundraising page. Thank you, Scott nice. Castro. We appreciate it. Uh, I got my Series X at the crack of dawn on Tuesday. As excited as I was, I got to say that the modern day console launch experience leaves a lot to be desired. The console is wonderful, but I'm talking about that Christmas morning type experience. After admiring the console and controller, it took hours before all my games were transferred from my Xbox One X. Then, when I was finally ready to sit down and play Destiny 2, the servers were over capacity. With ever-growing file sizes, diminishing physical medium, and the proliferation of games as a service, do you think the day one experience has lost some of its luster? I feel like the Nintendo Switch did this infinitely better just three years ago. Am I a curmudgeon now? Yeah, you are, Scott Castro. <laughs> um, yeah, Kyle, I mean, how we talked about how it's kind of such a smooth transition, but were you gamer giddy today <laughs> with that Xbox Series X? Not as much as I, I, I was in the past, like well, yeah. for sure. Like it really, I mean, all this stuff now is just like, you have to build in a buffer of like, okay, well, it's, it's going to take a few hours to get it set up and download things. I mean, like I, I took, I took a, the, the Wednesday off of work. I took like a personal day because I yeah. wanted to like play a bunch of Xbox and I did that on purpose because I was like, well, I'm not really going to be able to play it much Tuesday. You know, like I have to, that's setup day. Right. And then the next yep. day is going to be actually play games day. And it's, you know, it's, yeah, it, it is, it is, it makes it less fun for sure. You just got to have some smaller games. Like I was amazed putting up the PS5 once the transfer finished. I was like, what is going on here? And it turns out it was all the games that I had not deleted off my PS4 hard drive that I forgot were on there. It was like, Sound Shapes was still on my PS4 hard drive or uh, Sports Friends. I was like, oh my God, all right, I guess these are the PS5 games I have ready to go other than Astro's Playroom. Um, I was I was still pretty excited setting that stuff up today. I, I didn't think I would be, but it's literally that act of, even though it's a hassle, getting down and routing hdmi cables like rearranging in a very sims like fashion like rearranging what's going on below your tv and trying to figure out how that's going to be laid out is is surprisingly fun so i still i still enjoyed it um but you're right it's not a matter of getting old because i think we all had that experience with the switch recently right of like oh my god now i pop it out and i can keep playing it's great uh Mitochondriac writes in and says, Hey, Ben and the crew, I've spent one too many nights lately wired for midnight gaming sessions, so I want to get better. Does anyone have any advice on how I can work towards getting better before bed? Can anyone share their pre-sleep routine? Oof. I, I want to hear Pliggy's. He ooh, looks yeah. like he's got secrets. Yeah, Pliggy, what's your, what's your uh, big routine? My secret is I don't sleep much. Oh, that's no good. <laughs> but I try to do some sort of 
of physical activity, even if it's just like a set of push-ups, uh, like an hour to two hours before bed, yeah. uh, to get that like get get that high in, then you kind of ease and right. ease and relax into that. So you feel exhausted and ready for sleep instead yeah. of just getting yes. wired. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. Hopefully not so you're, you're you know a mess and super sweaty but yeah i uh, i'm i'm blessed i can i can go to sleep pretty easily so let's see my literal morning routine is i'm usually downstairs in this little living room area behind me playing games and then i just walk up and collapse into bed and oh and then i usually watch a closer look from seth myers before i fall asleep <laughs> and that's the nightly routine but tom how are you yeah, as a sleeper I- um so i'm pretty much the same like usually just wander up after either playing or watching a show and i've i have the luck of being able to just as soon as my head hits that pillow i'm pretty much out so kyle you seem like are a stressed want- soul are you a good sleeper What's that, Hanson? yeah yeah really? much to my wife's annoyance um i the one thing the thing that i do the like the small thing i do is i i i don't take my phone with me to bed like that's a yeah. little thing right i on the days i have to go to work maybe on like a friday i might like you know browse through reddit or something in bed before going to sleep but if it's like a weekday and i'm going to work the next day i i leave my phone and alarm in a different room to charge and then that that helps me go to sleep quicker you know yeah super smart dylan greenfield writes in and says hey min max crew do you think we'll ever hit a point in the video game industry where cult classic movies that don't do the best in theaters can get possible sequels as video games for example, Blade Runner 2049 is almost unanimously adored by fans and critics alike, but didn't perform the best in theaters. Do you think we could get a sequel or even a prequel to 2049 or the original Blade Runner? Could we get an Alita Battle Angel game? Please say yes. <laughs> that would be awesome. Actually, I think Alita could work. Um, the Blade Runner, yeah. you should check out the old Westwood Blade Runner game, which I think is on good old games wow. at this point. Just uh, got re-released a few months ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I know there's a lot of really fun ideas in that game, even if it's going to be kind of a, a clunky old adventure game to go back to. But I like so, this idea of P- like... Oh, yeah, go ahead, Kyle. I was just going to say, uh, Scarface on PS2 and yeah. Reservoir Dogs on PS2, were those sequels? Um, I don't know about Scarface. F- Reservoir Dogs, I think... No, I think that's just the movie. Just adaptation. But you know what fits the bill here is something that we've been talking about a lot with The Deepest Dive is The Thing. The Thing video game from 2002. Mm. That's a that's a sequel oh. where, you know, I'd imagine like funding a, move, a new version of The Thing back in 2002. They weren't willing to spend $50 million on it, but they could spend 10 or whatever for the game. Yeah, maybe it's more than that. There's, then, a, who knows. there's also the Ghostbusters game as well. Yeah, that's true. But... I mean, I think they would have made a new Ghostbusters if they could. It's just all the actors were scattered to the wind for different reasons. Um, yeah. What about yeah. the Warriors game? Is that a sequel? That's probably just a retelling. I an don't think so. Okay. It's an adaptation, I think. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I would love a sequel yeah. uh, to the Warriors. Oh, that really? That would be like, oh, yeah. I would love to see the uh, aftermath, what happened after that scene on the beach i've never and seen that, the warriors would that be a fun what? movie to actually go watch to actually sit down and watch warriors i would say so okay i don't see now i'm trying to think if it holds up i think it holds up i think it's a great movie yeah. i could 
people can disagree with me right now, but I will, I'll hold on to that. <laughs> I think you're fine. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. It is, there's that weird window of not willing to spend enough on the movie, but we'll, I guess, want to do something with the IP. I guess we'll make a video game. Try to think of other examples. I'm sure people on YouTube will come up with other ones. Well, there's one, one that I, a movie that I love, uh, Shoot 'Em Up. Have you guys ever seen Shoot 'Em Up no. with like Clive <laughs> Owen? It's this like, it's like this crazy action movie that is borderline a comedy just because it's so like ridiculous the way the gunplay works in the game. I loved it. And like the way they set up that movie, it, it felt like, you know, they were hopeful for like a John Wick franchise. You yeah. Know, it never became that. But like, that's like a franchise, a franchise in quotes that I would love to see continued in video game because it's all about like how crazy, what kind of crazy stuff can you do with a gun in a, in an action scene? You know, it's not about him like being a great shot. It's about him like shooting bricks out of a wall so he can create a ladder to like climb and stuff like that. Like there's like weird stuff like that in that movie. I would love to see that be adapted into a video game. So have you seen, um, it's Hudson Hawk. No, I haven't seen Hudson. I oh, like, that? yes, <laughs> I, that movie was universally panned, but yeah. I adore that movie. <laughs> this is the Bruce Willis I would love joint. to see a prequel of like, well, he's a cat burglar mm. who uses songs uh, in order to time his heist. So I would like to see like a... A, a thief type of game. Yeah. Him as a cat burglar with the soundtracks. Like, you have to choose <laughs> a song. You have this amount of time to do the the, the objective I, I you fail. Look, I mean, the wealthiest man in the world is not on this episode of the podcast, <laughs> but if he was, I could not think of a safer bet than the video game prequel to Hudson Hawk when it comes to making your money back. They could make it a baby driver crossover. Oh, you know, part okay. Racing. Oh, okay. There we go. It's all right there. All right. We got a real tricky one. This is from our boy, Crab Palace. Uh, he, let's just say it's directed directly at you, Tom. It's just like a megaton coming right into you. From right. Crab Palace? Yep, old Crab Palace. Cool. Uh, so, Tom, cool. you wake up in a forest. It's a megaton. You don't know, thank you. You don't know how or why you are here, but one thing's for sure you don't like it. You're barefoot and without your phone, keys, or anything. Overhead, you hear the cry of an unfamiliar bird. Your bird acknowledges. Your bird. Sorry. Sorry, this is very specific. Okay. Your bird knowledge is poor, so maybe it's just a bird but it sounds weird to you. You decide to move as you can tell dusk is fast approaching. After an hour or so of walking, you come across a deep, dark, perfectly round hole with a wooden ladder. Ahead, you see only the continuing, seemingly endless forest. Tom, do you continue walking, climb a tree to better understand your surroundings, or go down that hole? <laughs> Is the is my bird friend I'm not very good with birds? But is my bird friend still around anywhere? Did, is he like trying to signal me in any way? Unclear. It's okay. an unfamiliar okay. bird. I don't know why Crab Palace had that detail. Maybe just I don't know if the bird is like a vulture coming to eat you, or it's like a seagull sure. letting you know that you're near a body of water, or what is going but it's on. It's not here. a friend. It's not like a crow that sits no, on your shoulder. No, usually. this is not. This okay. is not. What is the bird's name in, in Valhalla? Shishwash. Yep, nailed okay, it. Perfect. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, let's, let's check out that hole. You're let's, climbing uh, down a perfectly round hole. 
I mean, how big is this hole? Like, is I mean, it you like can a manhole? Fit in it. Yeah, it's it's manhole. Okay. I mean, maybe there's a friend. There's like a you know friendly villager hermit that lives oh, down there. I think you're crazy. Yeah. I I keep walking. I wouldn't okay. trust that hole. But then you're just climb. in the. I don't. You're, I don't have my shoes. Yeah, I just got to go down that hole. I mean, oof, it's gonna be dark. What what's the best case scenario? You think there's gonna be a party? You think it's gonna be Matrix Two down that hole? <laughs> it's gonna be a nightmare down there. I mean, okay, so I grew up like in New Hampshire, so like bears, you know, they're you know, rightfully terrifying. Yeah. And so you said the dusk is like you know darkness is just gonna be, it's gonna be just as dark in the forest in like twenty minutes as it is in that hole. Okay. All that's right. my you know that's my love. I could be murdered immediately when I get down that ladder, but at least it'll be quick. Okay. All right. Bold move. <laughs> Don't envy you. Uh, sorry, we have to put you in the situation later today, Tom. But you I know I couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. What are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, Project Weehe writes in and says, uh, "Oh, this is self-serving. Sorry. Um, I recently watched the Twitch VODs of the Halloween content with best friend Ronnie. More Ronnie, please. Message received. Uh, and had a great time laughing at Hanson's expense. Exp- expense. I'm a baby about paranormal horror too. So we streamed um, Phasmophobia and Visage." Uh, for some Halloween streams, and they were terrifying. Anyways, I heard of MinFax that the videos were also on YouTube, and I felt guilty because I watched it on Twitch. Would it help more if I watched it on YouTube or on Twitch? I'd like to help my favorite Patreon grow. Thank you. That's very nice. Um, I, it's about the same. If you watch us on Twitch, if you want to throw a sub our way on Twitch, that would be nice. Uh, but if you want to help us grow, I think finding more people or friends of friends or something that have projects or podcasts or a small business they want to promote on the podcast would be the, the biggest way to help us grow. But thank you for that question. Okay. You guys ready for trivia? Yeah, of course. Great. Grizzled Gaming submits a comment on Patreon saying, Hey gang, congrats on crushing extra life this year. I love the collaboration with Game Informer. It was fun seeing some old pairings of familiar faces. That was the fun thing. And I feel like last year, everybody was in such a different spot emotionally that we didn't do enough of this type of thing. But I feel like this year I at least tried to make a point of like acknowledging like, Hey, Jeff Cork and Jeff Argifava, you're on the stream together. Or like, Hey, I'm on a stream with Kim or I'm talking to Ben Reeves on video again, which I talk to Ben Reeves all the time. You know, it doesn't feel like anything special because we're friends and stuff, but still it's like, Oh, that's right. I guess it's been like a year since we've been on a video together. So you gotta constantly think of it from that way. Or like, you know, having Reiner and Kyle on a video together again was fun. Anyways, Um, Grizzled says, in honor of the last deepest dive on the thing, I present the thing, the video game name game. Can you tell which of these titles below are the real video games among us and which ones are sus? Basically, real (laughs) video game name or fake video game name, I think is what Grizzled Gaming is trying to get to. Um, okay, Kyle. with sus becoming just everyday parlance now. Very everyday. Um, all right, Kyle. Fake or real? Depressing devil tactics. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say real because I devil tactics. I'm pretty confident about the depressing part, not so much. Sorry, that's fake, Kyle. I'm sorry. Oh. Um, let's see. Uh, Tom, Looney Tunes Golf King. <laughs> real. Quite fake. Quite fake. All right, look alive, <laughs> man. Look alive. All right, Bluggy. Extreme sports with the Berenstain Bear. I don't know how you're supposed to say that. The Bernstein Bears. Oh. This has to be real. That is real. It's a Game Boy Color game from 2000. <laughs> Extreme sports. <laughs> what are those stupid bears up to? Uh, okay, look at eBay now. Oh, boy. <laughs> Kyle, Attack of the Mutant Camels. 
Fake. That is real from the Atari in 1983. Uh, okay. I was, I was, if we're dipping into like mobile territory, that might be, but I'll take Atari. Okay. All right. Uh, Tom, ye old boxing punishment. Old boxing punishment. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I don't, that's fake. That is fake. Pliggy, how to be a complete bastard. Say real. That is real. Commodore 64, 1987, the year of complete bastards. <laughs> oh, I thought it was an active development by Ben Hansen. Ah, this is the kind of rapport we have, Tom and Pluggy. Uh, you guys know. Okay. Kyle, you need to get this one right. Ninja Baseball Batman. Is Batman two words? It is two words. Real. That is real. It's an arcade game from 1993. I'm so happy. That I've literally played through this game several times. Uh, really? Yeah. Really? It's, it's a very fun brawler. It's really one of like the best arcade brawlers. Look up footage of this. Like you play as different uh, bat people, I guess, but just like in terms of just sheer variety, you're like a baseball player who's a robot and then you're beating up like animated cars. It is just insane art, but it's super fun. Uh, all right, Tom. Rex Nubular and the Cosmic Gender Bender. Go with that is fake. That is real. 1982 oh, uh, Mac damn. game, apparently. Also on DOS. Uh, Pliggy, if it moves, shoot it. See, like that is so generic, it could be. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say fake. That is real. The Amiga, Amiga and DOS 1989. Uh, it's a Mika game, okay. Those DOS games. Oh my god, Kyle. Yeah. Astrofang colon super machine. Astrofang super machine? Yep. I'm gonna go with fake. That is real! An NES game oh. from 1990. Uh, let's see, Tom, NRA Gun Club. Probably real. That is real. PlayStation <laughs> 2 game, 2006. PlayStation wow i remember uh, that game yeah what really? what is that game like i think it's kind of a like uh what is it called where you go to shoot gun, a shooting range kind of game oh, it's okay. not really like a um like an action game as far as i know but i remember it being like one of those like 20 dollar ps2 games at GameStop. you know right right uh pliggy toxic rocket revolution i'm gonna say real that is fake, of course. Don't be a fool. Um, Tom. That sounds good. Grand finale here. This sounds even better. Tongue of the Fat Man. Um, that's real. That is real. Commodore 64, 1989. Tongue, Tongue of the Fat of the Man. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, and Grizzled right. says, shout out to video game name.me and their great video game name generator which provided other classic titles such as Jackie Chan's Piano Smuggler and Frankenstein's <laughs> Bimbo Gone Wild <laughs> all great all great uh, okay hilarious. guests of honor what do you like for a question of the week I well should I, should I steer you in a direction sure let's hear it okay I like the small budget big success I like the naming the planet one too. Those are the two mm -hmm. I'm leaning with. I don't know what you guys think. I, I like the, small uh, budget. Yeah, I like to play yeah. Tetris answer because I think I think that's the right one. Probably, and it hadn't, it's not one I really thought about. You know. Yeah, Tom, can you live with that? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, great. Congratulations to, of course, Muffin Crumbs for winning question of the week. You win the vinyl soundtrack from I Am 8-Bit for, of course, uh, Last Guardian. Super exciting. Uh, Now it's time for something called Get a Load of This. See, the weird thing, Tom, is you can't hear it when we're recording. So welcome to the other side of the freaky wall, man. I was like, I was waiting for it. (laughs) Uh, Kyle, you want to kick this off? Uh, yeah, I got a quick one that maybe feels maybe a little outdated at this point, but I, I it caught my eye a few weeks ago because we, we have this like weird loose connection to Seinfeld, which only deepens more and more, I feel like, <laughs> uh-huh. over time. It's about games fun getting better in Seinfeld references, right. I feel like. But um, there's this YouTube channel called uh, Pacronym, and what they, they posted a video, and it's uh, Wayne Knight, and what he's, he's playing Newman, as a, a a postal service person, and it was like um, it was a video made to encourage people to vote, yeah, and like to feel comfortable about voting in the mail, and but it was just like he just drops right back into Newman so well. <laughs> like, Wayne Knight's like a great actor; he's always hilarious. So uh, I don't know. I just I just really I, it just really charmed me. It is weird to see new Newman material. I always wonder, like, oh, what is the approval process for that? Do you think he, like, calls Jerry and just Jerry and not, like, Castle Rock Corporate and just asks him if he should do it? Like, yeah. I mean, I would assume so. Yeah. What I'm sure the... Jerry's just like, yeah, whatever, man. Go for it. <laughs> All right. One more pop quiz. Tom, looking at IMDb for Wayne Knight, does Wayne Knight have any credits from the year 2020? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. Correct, of course. <laughs> Infinity Train, a TV series. He apparently is the Penguin in Harley Quinn. Yeah, I'm looking at it too. And then wow. the very excellent Mr. Dundee. How weird. He's on Robot Chicken. Seems like he's due for something. I don't know what it is, like a somber <laughs> show on HBO Max or something. But well, I'm looking through it now to see, because there's a reference to his char- his Toy Story 2 character in... Uh, Toy Story of Terror. Yeah. And I'm wondering, is like, was he on the phone or something? But I'm not seeing anything. Yeah. I, I guess he was in Hail Caesar. I don't remember his role in Hail Caesar. We're going to watch the movie again. Um, well, that's good. That's good. Um, you guys know how this works. Pliggy, do you want to do one? I would say my... I'll get a load of this would be extremely... I'd say recent within the past uh, couple hours. Um all those videos coming out of the Xbox overheating. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I yeah. would, yeah, so it makes me question if people know what smoke actually looks like. <laughs> because it should be obvious that that white is water vapor or steam because... If it was actually smoke, the consistency is a lot different. It's not white. Right. And um, there would be a distinct smell. So. so, yeah. So, the videos went viral of, like, smoke billowing out of an Xbox Series X. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Look at this. I think even, like, Microsoft responded to it because it turns out, yeah. yeah, people are – it's just vape, vapor nonsense. Yeah, yeah. the okay, official so- Xbox Twitter account said, <laughs> please do not uh, blow vape smoke into the inlet of your <laughs> Xbox Series X. Yep. <laughs> Don't tell us what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so absurd. Uh, Tom, do you have one? 
So get a load of this. Um, on Monday, the Washington Post uh, had an article with the PS5 lead designer, uh, Eugene Morisawa. Hope yeah. I said that right. Um, and what I found interesting out of that was that they said he originally had the PS5 actually bigger than it was now. Yeah. Because there's all the memes already going out there being people trying to shove this thing into their you know entertainment center. And so... Um, you know, I thought that that was funny that he actually started bigger because he knew what the engineers were trying to do, how much heat that they thought that they were going to be producing. And it was actually the engineering team saying, "Uh, uh-uh, you got to make that actually smaller. And um, I, you know, I studied engineering in college and it, it is very much the case that normally I need more space to do more heat and all that stuff. So I'm imagining the one that he first came up with had like a box fan just like in there. Oh just my God. Really cool. But yeah, I, I thought it was funny that that was the, that was the size down from what they originally were thinking about. It's so, so crazy. That's wild. I posted a picture of like, you know, my entertainment center and how to lay everything out. And I was amazed that I was lit up. First of all, for having a crappy TV, apparently yeah. <laughs> it's abomination. Yeah. absolutely. Uh, okay. got it. <laughs> also, I was lit up by people being like, you can't put a PlayStation five on a carpet. What is it? Is this a thing that people are familiar with? They're like, oh, the dust is going to be so bad. But like, I think there's still a little gap on the bottom. If I have a vertical PS5 on the carpet, has this ever been a consideration for any of you? Yes. Really? I, well, I'm a clean freak. And so, and also having pets. Mm. So like the hair, so like the carpet and, and dog hair or cat yeah. hair, always avoided any type of electronics except for speakers on the carpet i would always okay. use a shelf yeah. yeah maybe i can or, rearrange things again and try and squeeze it in but anyways hey get a load of this everybody um i talked about it before but i'm still really enjoying uh alana pierce's podcast play watch listen and troy baker voice actor extraordinaire was on uh, he's on every episode but on the last episode he's talking about something that I guess I knew vaguely but to hear him talk about this it just blew my mind. He's talking about vocal covering. Leah or Kyle do you know about this? No. It's where voice actors so. are hired to go in and uh dub over lines or record ADR like additional dialogue recording for big actors. And he was like, "Oh, it happens all the time." He's like, "I auditioned to be like John Voight. Uh, all my voice actor buddies, like he mentioned, um, uh, the guy who plays Arthur Morgan, he does a lot of other actors, but it's because actors don't like recording their own ADR. And so they bring in voice actors for bits of like even trailer dialogue, just great impersonators to get a certain line. Or if this line wasn't quite clear, they'll come in to do that. And then also the big thing is like any sort of grunts or screams, anything strenuous, that's always just a, a voice actor being brought in who sounds close enough to the main actor to just dub that stuff over. But the part Ooh. where it's like lines in the movie are just impersonators and he's like, oh, it happens all the time. All the time. Like it's shocking if it's not I, in a major movie. I've I, I didn't know what it was called, but I've I've heard this because there's a a, a rumor that uh Jeremy Irons yes. in the Lion King. This is it. Like didn't sing a ton because he was ha- having like voice issues. Or yes. Something like and that. so Jim Cummings, yeah. who has done a million voices specifically yes. for Disney, like the voice of Winnie the Pooh. He's in Lion King. He does, um, Ed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, that, that Jeremy Irons. Yeah. He couldn't sing, be prepared. Scar's song in Lion King. Uh, let's see. So here's a quote from 
Jim Cummings talking about that. And he says, they wanted me to take a crack at doing the song. As one of them put it to me, Jeremy Irons singing sounded like you could hear every Marlboro the man has ever smoked in his life. <laughs> and so like Scar's wow. big song, that's just Jim Cummings, this amazing voice actor doing an impersonation of Jim Cummings singing that song, which I guess for songs is slightly more common, but that's still amazing. That That's not Scar at all. Surprising. Yeah. So uh, it's, there's a cool article at Business Insider about some of that backstory. Um, but then- uh, for the community to get a load of this, because we have a Discord channel where people share amazing little tidbits and things they find. It's the greatest news source in the world. Sure, I'll say that. Um, but uh, a Toby from the community posted this in the Discord a while ago, and it is an interesting story uh, because Toby loves Sam and Max, and it's a story from Vice, that I think Patrick Klepek wrote, about how the Sam and Max Telltale Season 1 game is getting a remaster. And it's a really bizarre story. Have you guys looked into this at all? Okay, so this adventure game from Telltale, uh, there's a group of folks, former Telltale employees, that pooled together and bought back Sam and Max. So they now own the Sam and Max video game, and they're remastering it, and they got Jim Parcell to go over the art again. Um, And so one of them is Jake Rodkin, who was at Campo Santo, now is a Valve employee, but he's still going back to help with the UI that he helped create back at Telltale. Uh, So it's just another example of Telltale projects being revived in a wild way but i love the idea of everybody just pulling together and being like it's that max game was really cool let's actually give that the big treatment and remaster that sucker and re-release it so it's coming out in december i think on switch and pc so look forward to that um thank you thank you thank you for joining us zachary pliggy we honor you sir thank you tom absolutely tom thank you we honor you sir thank you for being here Thank you. Thank you for helping to save some kids. Um, Tom, is there anything you'd like to plug? If you could point people in one direction, where would you point them? Um, I guess, I don't know. The lame answer is back to you guys. I don't really have a big like <laughs> social media presence. So, sure. you know. Who's um, your chance to build one, man? Yeah, do you have a Twitter account Twitter that Twitter people handle. could like? All right. Handle. Twitter, handle. Twitter handles Tommy G 313 So you follow go. me there. That's it's usually fine. my thing on all video game aspect, you know, PS4, PC, stuff like cool. that. So, Are you yeah. in the MinMax Discord? I am. Yep. Okay, great. So people can thank you in there too. There we go. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Zachary Pelegi, thank you for being a champion again for Extra Life this year. Is there anything you'd like Absolutely. to plug, sir? I just want to tell people don't stop with Extra Life. Um, due to the a pandemic, like hospitals will probably need some support for the holidays. Yeah. So look into that for any type of Christmas stuff. If you can, if you can, um, if you're um, able to swing it, it's been very weird since I have volunteered at um, at Children's Hospital since 2005, and this is the first year that I haven't been able to yeah. due to the fact that I am um, unallowed in there right. because of uh, the the virus. So, I mean, they could keep helping kids. I would yeah that's very sweet you've done an amazing job all these years and tom thank you for your support as well uh and again thank you thank you thank you for supporting extra life everybody that donated thank you for letting us hit our goal and then some we set a new goal and we smashed that too so we can't thank everybody enough uh also on a selfish note uh thank you to everybody that supports us on patreon it keeps this whole indie trainer rolling people that support us at the 50 dollars tier uh get their name at the end of every podcast also name in the credits of all min max content uh also pliggy it's kind of funny because you're on the wall of heroes, and so every once in a while, your face will rotate through your face. 
That's awesome. <laughs> it's very weird. But anyways, thank you to everybody at the $50 tier. Synced Up Podcast, I Am 8-Bit, Mirko Rico Torreno, Rich McLaughlin, new one. Thank you, Rich. Zachary Pleggy. Hang on. Hang on. Okay, let's do that again. Zachary Pleggy, but you read your own name. All right, ready? So, okay. Thank you so much for $50 supporters. Synced Up, Synced Up Podcast, I Am 8-Bit, Mirko Rico Torreno, Rich McLaughlin. Are you Pleggy? Wow, Rebecca Lang, Beating Down Brian, Mark Seliga, Joar Hello, Ludwig Roque, Andrew Valla, Jesse Vitelli, Super Serious Sam, Snake24, Thomas Hoster, Yarrow, Spiraling Your Eyes, Richard Smuts, JT Fells, Pretham, Yar Lagata, Clint Farley, another, another new one, thank you, Clint, Spider Dan, Steve Bamdad, and Slick Nick, another new one, thank you so much, Slick Nick. And as always, everybody, be good, have fun, let's go! Oh, sorry. Uh, Tom, do you want to say it this time? Uh, sure. Okay, take take it away. Right. Say, say, the, say the closer for us. All right. All right, everybody. Stay safe. Have fun. Be good. Wait. Oh, God, no. Stay safe. Hold have on, fun. Watch Seinfeld. <laughs> okay. Be good. Nah, you just do it. You're no, good. no, you You're got good. it. Be, okay. Okay. How about this? Okay. Um, Kyle, you say be good. Pliggy, you okay. say have fun. And then Tom, you say let's go. All right. Okay, I'll kick it off. Thanks so much for watching and listening, everybody. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Woo! Bye!